Okay, Nick, this next test chamber, we're going to teach you a unique psi power. The power of Nutelekinesis. <sighs> I've already got telekinesis, Barrett. No, not telekinesis, Nutelekinesis. Now say across the room there is a jar of tasty spread. You can use Nutelekinesis to spread that across the toast and then have a delicious snack. Mmm, snacks. Will snacks recharge my psi power? No, no they won't. Now that I think about it, that has a pretty limited use. Well, why don't I tell you about the power to predict where dogs will walk? We call it canakinesis. Canine kinesis. I, I see. Can I use it to control attack dogs that are sicked on me by the enemies of Mindgate? Well, no, no, you can't do it. You pretty much just can just tell when they're going to walk. Um, how about porno for pyrokinesis? Ah, yes, I remember them. Yes, we'll make great pets, won't we, Barrett? Yes, they were on the soundtrack to the movie The Cable Guy. So, we can skip that lesson if we want. Well, how about Greg Kinnear Kinesis, or GKK? Uh, you mean I can control the star of As Good As It Gets and Fast Food Nation with my mind? No, no, you can pretty much just quote Little Miss Sunshine from beginning to end. I can already do that. Well... How about the power of Microsoft Connected Kinesis, or MKK? Does this mean that I can move and my actions are translated onto the screen via my Xbox? Nope, nope, it pretty much means you're going to buy something and then it's going to sit around for a while until you forget about it. You mean Rock Band of Kinesis. Fuck you. Now if you open the door to the next chamber... Oh no, this is the Power Kinesis Lab! Watch out for fireballs! <laughs> Gary Butterfield. And my name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It's a podcast about old video games. And what are we talking about this week, Gary? Uh, this week we are talking about PSYOPs, the Mindgate Conspiracy. Uh, presumably it stands for Psychic Operations. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a, a third-person shooter developed and published by Midway Games in 2004. And it has been released for the PS2, the Xbox, and the PC. Uh, the game is most notable for its emphasis on psychic powers, hence the title. Um, over the course of the game, you unlock various powers from telekinesis to uh, aura viewing, uh, each of which kind of figures into either the combat or the puzzle solving, or uh, in the case of lots of powers, both. Right, and, and this creates uh, several memorable situations and scenes. Um, this game is a, a third-person shooter on paper, but the psychic powers you get pretty much make the shooting feel irrelevant. Um, you know, cause you can toss your enemies around like ragdolls. You can sneak up on them and drain their brains until their heads explode and set them <laughs> on fire with your mind and do all kinds of cool stuff like that. Your head explode. Um, <laughs> yeah, God, yeah. I, I was waiting for the time when I would get a home star reference in, um, there you but, go. <laughs> Hey, there we are. Yeah. 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 Um, Happy birthday. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> uh, the game ends with a blatant sequel hook, uh, but it never received one, uh, before Midway went out of business. Right. But it's still, um, still kind of capture this zeitgeist 
And uh, a lot of aspects of it, especially the telekinesis, have been mimicked in other games. Um, it came out concurrently with another game called Second Sight. It was really similar to it. was kind of a deep impact asteroids kind of thing. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll get to that in, in the uh, in the responses because there is a lot of confusion, or at least among the listeners. Uh, there's been a lot of confusion between these two titles. Um, mm. But uh, they really kind of couldn't be more different um, if you look at the way they play. Um, you know, there are a couple of fun facts about the game. Um, originally, it was supposed to be called ESP Enage. Espionage with ESP all capitalized. Yeah, capitalized, which, you know, good thing that I avoid that. Even though the, the title they, they eventually came up with is one of the most generic sounding, like... It's it's, it's, like, it's, <laughs> a, te- it's a Teflon title. It doesn't really, like, stick to your mind. No, it reminds me of a Seinfeld movie. Like, you know, whenever they're going to go see a movie in Seinfeld, yeah. and they're always something like Sack Lunch. You know, it, it reminds me of that a little bit. Like, aren't you going to play PsyOps, the MindGate Conspiracy? Like, what? Yeah, it just yeah, it doesn't even it just it's this weird studied form of generic. Uh, <laughs> another an- another kind of like more interesting thing. I'm I'm always interested in kind of the legal side of uh, you know of things of the of the business. In 2007, there was a screenwriter named uh, William L. Crawford the uh, Third, who Lovecraft protagonist and screenwriter <laughs> William L. Crawford the Third, creator of the terrible Crawford wave engine. <laughs> um, and also creator of a copyright infringement suit against Midway. Uh, he claimed that they stole his idea for PsyOps um, and many of its characters uh, from his own work. Um, a California court granted a summary judgment in Midway's favor, uh, having found no evidence of copyright infringement. Did not help out Midway, unfortunately. No, Midway no. That... Still, still shut down. Yeah. Um, yeah, so why don't you tell us a little bit about the uh, the plot? Cool. Yeah, yeah. So you play as uh, a man whose name is Nick Scryer. Get it? Yeah, he scries. Get it? He has so, a subscription to Scry Magazine. Um, oh, man, Scry Magazine. <laughs> lying to me about how viable my Pokemon cards are. Fuck you. Okay, no. <laughs> Nick Scryer, get it? He's a psych- he's a psychic soldier um, who has his memory wiped so he can Im- infiltrate the movement undetected. Uh, the movement is made up of former Mindgate operatives who once worked for the U.S. government alongside Nick. Uh, once he's taken prisoner, um, an inside operative named Sarah gives him an injection, which starts the process of re- re- reawakening uh, his memories and his abilities. Right. And then, you know, so at this point, you start getting your powers back and uh, you proceed to try to thwart the movement. And its leader uh, named the general. Every, everything in this game has just like a name that's just the and then what it is. <laughs> the, the movement led by the general. Um, the general is piecing together these pieces of an ancient monolith that can grant psi powers to mundane humans, really powerful ones. And uh, in order to thwart him. You have to fight through his, your former colleagues, which are kind of his lieutenants, and each one specializes in one form of psi power. There's this aspect of the plot, which is like apparently all of all of U.S. history was meant to like gather all of the pieces of this monolith that yeah, comes from it's the, the moon cause or something. For all these war, world wars and, and such. Yeah. Uh, so eventually, Nick and Sarah chase chase down the general to his base in the Himalayas, uh, where he has already assembled the monolith, granting him godlike powers. Um, he had some kind of, you know, inferiority complex. He was not born with side powers himself, so he had to get this thing together uh, to get them. Uh, Nick defeats the general, but before he and Sarah can uh, can rest, government helicopters come after them, fade to black, to be continued, and nary mm-hmm. a sequel to be found. Yeah, we were talking about the uh, the the aspect of the plot where where this artifact has driven all these world wars. 
didn't really realize it until you said this, but that you know, wasn't that really deeply disrespectful to I don't know, like Holocaust survivors, <laughs> just a little bit, <laughs> and such. Like, isn't it kind of you know a terrible thing to say? <laughs> like, in, in fifty years, are we going to be playing like Mind Mission? And it's going to be like the real reason why 9-11 you know, happened was the the Lazarus device, you know, or something like that. Like, it just seems like it, it's it, it really kind of in poor taste. Yeah, uh, this is something I'm going to say throughout the entire, you know, show. But this game really does want to be Metal Gear Solid, but with psychics, but with more than mm-hmm. one psychic in it. <laughs> yeah, there's there's definitely some similarities between this and Metal Gear. It's the same uh, game. Like, it's it's uh, like just ridiculous. I mean, Metal Gear... Like like that had the same thing except replace World War II, uh, the, you know, the German front with the nuclear holocaust of Hiroshima. Like that's it. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like the 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 Cliff Notes version or like the Wikipedia entry of Metal Gear though, because it's not nearly as as complicated or you know, Metal Gear gets a lot of uh, flack for its fucking bonkers plot, and uh, and and deservedly so. Yeah, um, but it's, it's handled a little bit better and it's a little bit more interesting and nuanced than, than this yeah. turned out to be. Um, it's kind of like I said, just kind of the like the like the cartoon version mm-hmm. of Metal Gear, and in all ways too, because the the gameplay is also a lot less uh, kind yeah. of cerebral and and uh, uh, measured, um, but not necessarily for the worst. Like I mean, obviously it's a not obviously, but I, I would say this is definitely a worse game than, than Metal Gear. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it, it's not. It's I. On the balance, I mean, we'll get to this, but on the balance, mm-hmm. I still like it. It's not like there's, yeah. it's not just a pale imitation. Yeah. You know? I, there, there, there's, a, there's a special place in my heart for both. I think Metal Gear Solid is more competent in every way, oh, like yeah. you said. But um, but yeah, I just, I just, it feels, I, I need to start that because if I, I need to at least say that at the start, otherwise I'm going to keep on restating it. But otherwise. Right. Just, just a warning. Just, just so you know. Um, why don't we talk about how the game begins? So the game kind of begins with this this cutscene where where our protagonist is involved in an, an operation uh, against the movement, and uh, it shows the the movement attacking uh, a base, and it's really kind of a real slick cutscene. You know, there's some um, some highlights of a couple of the the lieutenant's psychic powers. There's a nice scene with uh, Barrett, um, who's the master of telekinesis, uh, throwing a uh, an oil tanker, and then there's a uh, a nice thing with the I can't remember the name of the guy. Who is the mind control expert? Jov. Jov. Um, controlling this, you know, platoon of mind controlled soldiers who all march and move early and step and attack with no uh, no concern for personal safety. Mm-hmm. And it's really kind of neat. The end result of this, though, is that for Nick to get captured alive um, by the movement, he's had his memory wiped so their psychics can't immediately tell that he, you know, he's an operative for uh, for PSYOPs. And, yeah. uh, and that's where the game starts, is you've been captured alive and you were kept in prison. Yeah, he has his memory wipe, but also has all of his powers taken away, which leads to this uh, uh, kind of opening sequence where this uh, blonde lady comes and lets you free, gives you a gun and says, escape. And, you know, the game kind of walks you through uh, the shooting aspect and also the, uh, the stealth aspect, both of which uh, pale in comparison to a lot of the stuff that you find later. Yeah, they're, they're, real, they're real bad. The, uh, the shooting, shooting like cover system, you know, is, is really terrible. You know, put me down for being kind of loathing this new everything must have a cover system, you know, mechanic and shooters, but uh, at least do it well. You know, this game is very, very difficult to to actually, you know, sh- you have gunplay that works as it seems like it should where you can avoid being hit. Mm-hmm. Um, it always seemed like even if I was at, undercover and would kind of pop out to shoot, I would always get get tagged a few times. Yeah. Um, 
the stealth is also no great shakes. I mean, it's not it's not terrible, but you do kind of learn, you know, in contrasting with Metal Gear, having that radar and seeing the kind of field of vision mm-hmm. of the, the people is really important to that. And, like, later on when you get Aura Vision, you can actually kind of, like, manage stealth just a little bit. But by that point, it doesn't it doesn't matter anymore. Right. Because you, you're, you're so disempowered at this at this start. Like, it just, it kind of... It doesn't lead with a. It doesn't lead with its good foot because, right. like at this point, you're just kind of like, oh, this is like siphon filter. <laughs> right, right, and that's not that's not, that's not what you want to be. No, um, no. <laughs> never be like siphon filter. Um, you're also you know introduced to Sarah, who's kind of the the second uh, major character of the game, and also the worst voice actor in the game up until they introduce <laughs> the master of uh, uh, remote viewing later on so uh, she she is really awful um, she, she is a bad voice actress she, she's she's so bad that when that that when her evil twin comes in and she like talks off that is more convincing than her herself yeah yeah maybe <laughs> maybe that's why nick is so easily fooled by that because she's such a you know wooden ditz that that you know any he's not surprised by anything if this game has some cherry lines in it i'm going to like at least say one of them, you know, Nick in his gener- generic action guy voice after Sarah leaves him alone, says, at least you gave me a gun. It's better than a kick in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and that's 100% true. Words to live by. <laughs> um, what, are, what are some other things that she could have given you that are better than a kick in the nuts? And luckily though, the game doesn't spend too much time, you know, uh, as kind of a shitty siphon filter clone um, because you, you, uh, your powers start coming back. And uh, these are always preceded by these little cutscenes of you, you know, grabbing your head and, and freaking out, and then a flashback to a training segment. And uh, these these are are pretty good. These I like them well. a lot. I, yeah. I mean, aside from the insta fail, if you if you don't do everything exactly correctly, um, they're interesting from a story perspective. And I really like how they kind of show lay out the different scenarios that you're going to find because it teaches you the vocabulary before you go and take the test. Right. But uh, the kind of thing we're, we're talking around is this is the point where you get introduced to telekinesis, oh. which is by far the, the reason why this game is good. Yeah. Like <laughs> there are other good things about this game, but if you subtract this one element, we would not be talking about it. No one would remember this game. It would fall into well, I guess the same camp as Siphon Filter. Yeah, it would um. be, it would be yeah, uh, Siphon Ops <laughs> instead, instead of PsyOps. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the telekinesis in this game, I haven't played a game that does this this well. Right. Like, have, have you? Like, I mean, I know that it's something that other games are experimented with, but this is the most fun I've ever had in a game moving shit around with my mind. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking, like... <sighs> Shortly after this, like there was there there was Psychonauts, which had a, like a telekinesis kind of power, but that was kind of like everything else that was action based in that game, not that great. Mm-hmm. Um, Bioshock did it okay, I think, um, but still, you know, kind of not that great too. And then uh, Oblivion and Skyrim, they both have TK spells as well. Um, in, but in a, in the Elder Scrolls game, they're mostly used for uh, getting items that are far away. Yeah, and, 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 then, and moving jelly corpses around and making <laughs> terrible blood golems, you know, because they're in that that engine. Yeah, um, and in uh, Bioshock, they're just used for one. You know, in in this game, one of the th- applications is if someone throws a grenade, you can throw it back at them. And it seems like in Bioshock, that's more or less what you use it for. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you just have this incredible uh, 
variety of things you can do with this power. It's a really like a tool, like a kind of a toy box on a tool as opposed to just a, a one use thing. It's almost like this game was developed as a as a as like a, a a way to sell the Havoc engine to people because I don't remember seeing Havoc put on a lot of boxes before this, except maybe like uh, except maybe uh, like Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. You know, like af- like after this, like that really became a thing. If if that was the the case, like Bravo, because it, it just <laughs> it's so, you know, so the way that it works mechanically. Um, and I and I played this, and I played it first on PS2, you know, shortly after it came out, and then for this playthrough, I played it on PC. Um, but you just take your cursor, whatever that is, and uh, put it over something, and kind of a shocking um, variety or a number of things are are TKable. There aren't that many things in the environment that are just off limits, and uh, you can you can raise and lower them. You can throw them around. Um, you can do this with soldiers. Um, the game is fairly smart when you throw something; it will kind of do a little bit of auto aim. Not so much to be intrusive, but it kind of knows if you're trying to throw a guy at another guy, yeah. and will do the the fine movements for you. And it just it's it's crazy fun. Like it makes the the generic bad guys in this game. You know, about as fun as it gets to like stomping Goombas in this game is about as fun as 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 that level of, of combat ever is in games. And like it makes the environments work pretty well, too. I mean, you're pretty much going to be fighting people in narrow hallways or on precarious corridors and maybe like occasionally in kind of these wide open arenas with a lot of uh, with a lot of cover and lot, a lot of obstructive, you know, like items. And you're pretty much either you're, you're you're either going to have something that you can throw somebody into repeatedly or you're going to have something you can throw them off of. And you, you have to start getting smarter about the, uh, the items that you use for that and using your environment. So, you know, there are every once in a while there's like an electrified floor you can throw people onto. Um, there are, you know, obviously the, the action game, ubiquitous exploding barrels um, that, you know, are a very useful tool. And uh, you can just get really creative with this. Um, there aren't that many uses for the, the, the TK surfing, which is just a really cool uh, kind of move where you get up on top of something and then levitate it. And you can kind of float around. That was actually not originally intended to be in the game. Yeah, just kind of a, a, the game feels like that, where there are things that you're just kind of, you're getting this tool and you're free to to solve problems and fight guys how you like using it. And uh, <laughs> and, and it, it also kind of created a lot of inconvenient situations for me, like really hilarious ways that I killed myself by, hmm. by accidentally TKing like flaming corpses at myself when I had no health later yeah. in the game, <laughs> you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Um but you know it uh, kind of rolls with the territory. Um, uh, I think emerging gameplay is what uh, is what uh, you know the journalists are calling it. Yeah, yeah. And, and really the um, yeah, take a shower. Really, <laughs> and, and really, the you know none of the power other powers you get quite match this. But it's really smart for them to have this be the first one because the game is really designed around it. Yeah, it's at this point you know you have this brief prologue and then it puts its its all its cards on the table and it's a yep. pretty high card like incredibly fun to, to use this this power and we'll talk about some specific applications i'm sure yep. as we go through the levels but you know and, and it seems a little bit like we're spending a lot of real estate talking about this <laughs> but it's also like i said it is the you know the most noteworthy thing about the game like the if, reason why the game is widely fondly remembered if you say like psyops and somebody says huh second site like no no it's the one where you could pick people up and you know turn them into jelly on the side of the wall 
and like, right. oh yeah, cool, yeah, I got that. Right. That, that, that one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so cool, so cool. And yeah. The only kind of limitation in this first level um, is you have this limited side meter, and luckily they quickly address that during the uh, the next next section. Yes, which is the kind of the second level called something's gone wrong. You're still in the silo base, um, but you quickly get the mind drain uh, power. Right, and that um, it kind of has two two things. One is it allows you to refill your your psychic energy either from living or dead uh soldiers and that's incredibly useful because yeah. before this point you know you couldn't quite be as as you know gleefully crazy with your your telekinesis because you had to worry about um you know there are items to refill it and everything like that but they're a little bit rare in the beginning and you never know when you're going to come up against a boss or a situation where you really need to use a lot of your power so you you'd be conservative with it um getting the mind drain kind of allows you to to be a little bit less so um, it also makes stealth really kind of work because if you mind drain an unsuspecting target, you levitate them in the air until their brains explode. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they do like this crazy like kind of sound yeah. <laughs> as they as they like jabber and all their thoughts come out their mouth. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and I go yes every every time it happens. It's so it's, awesome. It's so gratifying. <laughs> it's super gratifying. There's a neat little exploit you can do um, that I don't know if you picked up on this, Cole, but if you knock someone down, so yeah. if you throw something into them or throw them up into the wall, as they're getting up, they're always unaware. Uh huh. So you can throw somebody against the wall, and then if you mind drain them as they're getting up, you can do the stealth kill yeah. version of it. So you can, you know, pretty much, and it almost totally refills your, your bar. You know, so being able to pull it off anytime you want pretty much is the game giving you free license to go nuts. Definitely. I mean, I was I was terrible at stealth or the game is terrible at stealth. Let's <laughs> let's, let's go with that one. Um, so that was that was the way that I got the, you know, the majority of my of, of my of my psi power was by, OK, I'm going to throw you down. And then before you can get up yeah. and then you're and then then you're done. <laughs> It's, it's very cool that you have this. And this is, you know, the game hitting the sweet spot where it's introduced you to all of the fun toys and it's before the game says, oh, shit, this is too easy. We have to make this more challenging. <laughs> so th this this is the, like, the, the excellent center of the game. Um, and interestingly, it just has to do with being in these kind of micro situations where, you know, it's not so much about the missions. Like the missions are lame. Yeah. You know, they, they're just uh, go flip the switch, go plant this bomb, go to this area and meet this person. Like they're 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 ridiculous. But if you think about it on this micro level, it's really fun just being, you know, you're in a hallway, you know, there's two guys around the corner, there's a barrel here, there's a crate here, and, uh, you know, do what you need to do, mm -hmm. you know, and on that, that level, it just works so well, like the individual encounters are so fun, mm -hmm. you know, and it means the missions can be, you know, just totally forgettable. Just an excuse for you to walk through these new environments where they give you this playground, you know, like, oh, gosh, that water is electrified, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, there's a ladder there. I hope that guy tries to climb down it because <laughs> it's not going to end well for him. Nope. Um, it's, it's, it's like gleeful violence in this game. Like, it's so like the the taking care of these mooks is so fun. Yeah. And just, uh, man, I just I, I love it. Like, it, it does. Is, is the, it doesn't take itself seriously, like, ever. Like, at the end of the training mission, uh, Barrett says, he'll never get ahead at that job. <laughs> Let's go yeah. get a pizza. Yeah, but <laughs> Barrett's a monster. Like, during those trainings, there's a part where it's like, you have to shoot somebody. He's like, don't worry, Nick. We pay them well. He's like, well, I killed them. Like, you pay their families well? What you, like, what are you talking about? I just blew up his head. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how much money you give him. Exactly. You know? Um, Don't quote Austin Powers at me. Yeah. 
the uh, uh, the other way that, that it's kind of goofy during these training missions is depending on how far back it is. Barrett has a uh, uniquely '90s, different '90s haircut, <laughs> um, similar to Doctor Hibbert on The Simpsons. Yep, um, and and that's that's real fun. Yeah, it's got like mohawks and afros and cornrows and all this stuff. Yeah, it's really yeah. really cool. Um, and a nice little part of it uh, because he's, he's he's a complete monster in present day. But back, well, yeah. I guess he was a complete monster then too. Oh. He, he was your buddy. Yeah, like exactly. Monster. Yeah, exactly. A jovial monster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gonna um, gonna trademark that. Um monster. Let's do it again. Genius. Um so <laughs> so your mission in this is to blow up the, the the mind gate base in this silo. And uh kind of this is where like the 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 movements prisoners are being turned into the the mooks uh for the game. And uh the the, the kind of leader of that program is Jov Leonov, who looks kind of like uh John Lennon, except he has no eyes. And he can yeah. control people. That that's kind of a cool, creepy little reveal, though. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. He's wearing um, like a, a steampunk kimono. goggles. Yeah, like or it's like a, no, isn't it like some kind of like a, like traditional Chinese garb? Oh yeah, yeah. I was talking about the goggles. Yeah, he's, uh, oh yeah, yeah. But uh, no, he's but he's supposed to be Soviet, I guess. I don't I don't know. He <laughs> he's a real mishmash of uh, different nationalities because yeah. his name is kind of Soviet. He's wearing the John Lennon goggles. He's he's dressed up in traditional, you know, crouching tiger gear, and his uh, his accent is totally unplaceable. <laughs> so it is just uh, villainous foreign. I think is what they call that European. Yes, um, exactly. Um, and that kind of leads up to a really fun boss fight with him. I liked uh, I liked I liked the fight against him. Um, I'll, I'll go as far as to say I like most of the boss fights in the game. Yeah. Not all of them, but I think on the on the balance they're pretty good. Yeah, you know what? I kind of agree with that too. I guess I'm just kind of soured on 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 one or two of them where there's like it would be it would be an amazing experience, but for one thing. Yeah. This is this is the one where I like I can't think of like a downside to it, I suppose. Because he mind controls these, you know, the, these these soldiers and like he turns them into like kamikaze exploding bombs and you have to i I forget you you tk them and you throw them into the pods that create more of them yeah you got these like teleporter pods that are bringing in more soldiers yeah and you throw the exploding ones in the teleporter pods in order to uh to stop them from being able to to cut off his source of ammo yeah and then he comes down on the floor and has to face you face to face and he's not he's not that tough right when he's you know he's not hiding behind these these mooks Mm mm-hmm and so you just like I just killed him by shooting him. I think that you can TK stuff into him, but at that point it becomes a a pretty rote, you know, deal damage until the red bar is gone kind of situation. Right, right. Which is fine because you've yeah. already done the cool part. Yeah. So after this, the uh, he's a load bearing boss. Mm-hmm. So of course the, uh, <laughs> the stage is falling apart, and it's a pretty pretty rough escape sequence. It's pretty shitty. Like yeah. <laughs> you you get you get familiar with the with the architecture of this base because you backtrack through it a couple times, like as you're going through and trying to place the bombs that blow it up. Um, but actually, real, just real quick, related to that, like I got really familiar with it because I felt like during that the place the time where you're you're going through and and uh, putting the bombs in place, there's really it's kind of kind of shitty the direction. Mm-hmm. you're receiving like i didn't know where to go several times right like i can look on my map and see where where it was but the actual either the clarity of the map or uh the clarity of of where something was located where the little icon was yeah. made it you know kind of shitty i remember spending a lot of time kind of running around looking for for where i needed to go the pit boy map in fallout is better than the map in this game <laughs> 
what a damning thing to say. Like the pit boy, you're talking about like the local pit boy map. Yes, yes, that right? is yeah, what I'm referring to. It's never been like that's a legacy mechanic. Like that's been around since the early fallouts where it's just it's garbage. Yep. It's, it's so bad. Like that is a that's a very astute and very, very mean thing to say. Sorry. <laughs> I'm feeling catty today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no psyops. Yeah, no. Um <laughs> God, yeah, no. So, so yeah, you 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 get pretty familiar with it, and like like the 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 key to escaping in time is is remembering this one shortcut that you took to get from the cryo storage area, which is where you fight uh, Jov, and uh, the silo, which is where you need to go to get you know to the to the landing pad where Sarah is waiting woodenly for you in a uh, in a helicopter, uh, yeah, where she's staring at, you know, blankly until her lines protocol. <laughs> Kicks on. She has to deliver. You know, read some some text. She's just an animate text to speech program. But that's not true. She's that's not why she's so bad. Like, but she yeah. she's a bad voice actress. Yeah, a little bit. And, uh, but, as, you, as you're escaping, this is when you do the really cool uh, jump onto the helicopter. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Like a helicopter is getting away with Barrett. I at this point, or no, she comes and picks you up. Yeah, she comes and picks you up. I don't remember that. I think I remember something like that. Maybe maybe it happens later. I thought there was a cool thing, or maybe you attempt to like you attempt to jump onto a helicopter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. but the, uh, you'll bear escape. She comes and picks you up and, and the, the movement's home base has been destroyed, but they have many, many other bases. Yes. They're, 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 they're a wide movement. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is a, something that local governments are powerless to know about. <laughs> and, you know, they're, they're hidden in plain sight. Um, but, uh, I need, I need to make this comparison because I hate the, like, let's escape from the self-destructing. <laughs> uh, uh, lab kind of thing like that's yeah like that happens in Resident Evil and I'm an unabashed Resident Evil fan but like this is worse than the echo base level of Shadows of the Empire like yeah. in terms of like oh you died because something fell on your head while you're crossing your bridge oh well yeah there, there's nothing you could do about those things falling yeah. on your head and and this might be a good time to talk about the game's um, checkpoint system Ugh. you know where there, there's no there's no lives or anything the game just kind of auto saves every once in a while it's not great Several. They're not placed where I want them to be placed. They're not it, placed before and after huge challenges, it, which is where you want your game saved. It actively fucks you. Yeah, is what it does. Yeah, it's 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 one of the the shittier implement you know implementations of that that I've, I've played. When you enter a door full of soldiers and you just have a couple you know one healing item and barely any health, yeah. and that's just where the checkpoint is, or you're at the the beginning end of a really tough sequence. You, mm-hmm. you beat the sequence and then it's really easy to auto die afterwards mm-hmm. and just have to do the same thing over and over. And, you know, as, as we said, there's just two things that are, are fun to do over and over and it sucks and, uh, <laughs> you know, super Metroid. So, <laughs> the, uh, other than that, you know, it's not fun when you have to do it more than once. <sighs> I forget the way that I put it, but I'm, I'm going to I'm going to pull up my Facebook post on this because I really think that it sums up my feelings. Psyops is a remnant of a barbaric age when shooters lacked auto heal and the and the distant checkpoints are more of a hindrance than a help. As you find yourself spawning to face long odds with zero health over and over again, I say this as a person whose favorite game of 2011 was Dark Souls. So don't get up my ass about being afraid of difficulty. I'd rather have my fingernails pulled out through my dick hole than face these snipers one more time. Which refers to something later, but like that, like if you hear me groan at us at like a segment like just assume that this happened to me <laughs> my, my play clock at the end of this game was was uh was four hours and 30 minutes i swear to you i probably spent three times that 
playing yeah, this game. Yeah, those snipers you're talking about are definitely problems, and they, yeah. they kind of come in later, but that, that caused some toughness. Yeah. Toughness for me as well. Not quite, I don't feel like quite as much in that situation. It was more the room full of the level three soldiers. <sighs> they get me more than the snipers, but anywho. Anyway, <laughs> you escape in a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you're on to the next chapter called Unfinished Business. Yeah. Um, all of these these chapter t- names are just other action movies, <laughs> like, just you know, um, just generic action movies that just roll off the brain. Um, sack lunch, uh, yeah. So they're all just sack lunch. This is this is a pretty um, bland industrial setting, as opposed to being a bland military base. This is a bland, uh, you know, stockyards and factories. So, like, you start out. It's it's kind of cool, you know. You, you you start out in this uh, in this area that's full of cargo containers, and there are searchlights. Um, you ride up this big elevator and you strip off your scuba gear and, uh, <laughs> you, you, your old master calls you on the codec. Um, uh, and talks to you about, uh, uh indigenous wildlife. Yeah. <laughs> in um, this, this scene is actually pretty neat though, because it, this is, you know, again, it's those micro situations that are fun in this game. You know, you're just presented with this problem. There's enemies here, here, and here. What do you do? Mm-hmm. And, uh, they have searchlights. So if you get seen by the searchlights, um, you know, it'll cause an alarm. But you can use telekinesis to change the aim of the searchlights. Oh, really? Did you, did you know? Yeah. No. You can point the searchlights away from you and, and sneak by them, which is just awesome. Like when I first discovered that, like my reticule turned red on a searchlight. I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> you know, I was going to try to snipe them, snipe uh-huh. the lights. And, you know, this weird, the game paying attention in one way and not another. You can't shoot out a light bulb, but they paid enough attention to allow you to telekinetically redirect it, which is way cooler. Yeah. Like. So that that was how I handled the situation. No, no, I just I just learned the timing and like learned the proper route like mm. along the side. I think this this was before I recognized that the best way to deal with snipers in the towers was to TK them off. Mm. Um but uh there there's a sniper rifle right by where you start and that is always a mistake. Um yeah. to try and snipe in this game. Um yeah, unless, it doesn't in, work very well. unless you're mind controlling a sniper later on, but it, it wouldn't be bad if you could carry more than uh, one optional weapon at a time. Oh, yeah. But the way this game works is you have a totally useless pistol that's just like garbage after the beginning of, of the game. Mm-hmm. And then you can have one secondary weapon. And uh, giving it up for the sniper rifle, which, you know, if, if a bunch of guys come out, forget about it. Yeah. You know, you're fucked. And uh, it's just limited use anyway. Um, is is just a mistake. I pretty much had the assault mm-hmm. rifle for, for 90% of the game. Yeah. So... And I never recognized the difference between the assault rifle and the machine gun, except that one was more accurate. So they were yeah. in, they were interchangeable for me. Yeah. Um, and uh, the shotgun was useless too. Yeah. There's one exception to that machine gun thing, but we'll we'll get to it. Oh. Okay. Um, later in the game. So you go through these like assembly rooms that have these vaguely Nazi-like flags hung up, and you know the bulk of this level takes place uh, in a stockyard, which is full of cargo containers. Which, for aforementioned reasons, I'm not going to grass about, but just assumed that i had to play this 15 or 20 times yeah the, the, i definitely died died a lot and it's kind of in a way I, it didn't bother me as much as maybe it could because it was an opportunity to take a different tact you know it wasn't just um i didn't feel like it was that luck based i felt like i could okay you know if i if i don't want to if i mind control that guy um which way i mean yeah, you get mind control we'll talk oh, talk yeah. about that in a second yeah. but if you know if i mind control this guy it actually alerts this guy over here so maybe i need to mind control the guy on the roof and take out you know you, you have to try different things yeah so it's not like doing the same thing over and over but it's not it's the the the, the truth is somewhere in between like it's not 100 percent just rote frustrating repetition mm-hmm. but it's also not 
you know, it does get, the frustration does start piling on. Yeah. You know, the first time I died, I wasn't like, ah, <laughs> it's just, but the, the fifth or sixth time. Yes. Yeah. I would get irritated. Yeah. And, and I guess the frustration really, really came later and like I'll, I'll pinpoint the exact spot where it happens, but your, your, your ultimate goal in this is to, is to get to, uh, is to get to Barrett's office and find some kind of artifact that you learned about before. So you're going through these stockyards and um, you get mind control, which is which is super fun, but it, it kind of like, it suffers from, a, I call it Arkham City Syndrome, but it, you can you can put plug in your, you know, relevant mm -hmm. game here, where you have like, eventually you get enough gadgets or like abilities, and like the game calls on you specifically to use it so rarely that you forget you have it. So there were probably plenty of situations where mind control would have been useful. Um, but like, because I forgot that I had it and I was so reliant on TK or the more blunt force, uh, kind of things, like I didn't use it as much as I could. The instances where I did use it, it worked out really well, but I, I was like that with uh, remote viewing when that yeah. comes up, I, I used uh, mind control with some, with some frequency. Yeah. Um, mind control is exactly what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you take over a guy and it's, it's sometimes used for, you know, puzzles. You have to take over like a lab worker and make him push a button. Um, but the best way to use it is just kind of the same, you know, classic, uh, you know, charm spell mm -hmm. kind of thing where you can take over a guy and, and have him shoot his buddies. Um, there's kind of a hidden little Easter egg. It never spells it out, but if you want to, you can take over someone's mind and then make them shoot themselves. Oh, nice. And, uh, did you ever do that? No, no. I read about it, um, afterwards when I was doing my research. There, there's no reason to do it other than to be cruel. Like oh, it takes up tons of side power. And you can, can describe always... about like anything in this game. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's true. Well, we're, we're coming up on a real fun part with that too. Okay. Um, but the, uh, there, there's no reason to do it other than be cruel because it takes up tons of side power, but um, it, and, and there's always other ways to kill your, your puppet after mm -hmm. you're, you're done with them. Like you can jump off a roof or you can walk up to a barrel and say hi to it with your gun <laughs> or, or do, do anything like that. Yeah. Um, the, the, the only thing that, prohibited me from using this power more was that it was pretty psi intensive. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it would take up a lot of energy to control a guy for any, any amount of time. Mm -hmm. Well, you mentioned remote viewing and, and like we didn't mention it when it came up because it's kind of the dark horse of the powers. It's useful. It, it's actually really useful um, for like scouting out, like because mm -hmm. you can actually like see uh, the entire area uh, before you, you know, enter it physically and get spotted. Um, so like I used it to identify the best person to mind control, like at that particular mm -hmm. time, it's like, okay, there's this guy who's over in the corner who has a shotgun. So he's going to be the person that I want to aim for, uh, like that kind of thing. My problem with remote viewing, and this comes up later, I got really, really motion sick when it happened. Oh yeah. Because of the, yeah. because of the ghosting. Yeah. It, it, it looks a little, little goofy. Is, I don't know why I didn't use that that often during this. Like I'm one of the people who, when I'm doing a playthrough of Deus Ex, I take the the drone, the scout drone. Yeah. Everyone hates it, and they take the the other the alternative power for that. But I always like the the scout drone. Mm -hmm. um, like I like to be able to scout things out before I go to them. But I never thought to do it in this game, and I'm not sure why. Yeah. The uh, the really cruel thing I was talking about. So after you know you get this artifact, and then you have to just backtrack through the whole level. <laughs> and, and that's, that's what a joy. Obnoxious. Yeah. But like, why? Why? Just just. Do you, you haven't like figured out circular level designs yet? <laughs> I mean, not not to not to sidetrack us too much, but you know what game is amazing at that? Uh, Skyrim. Oh God, like, yeah. Every single cave in Skyrim ends where it begins, mm -hmm. and it's so good. As soon as you you know when you found everything interesting in the cave because you see the entrance to the cave, you know, <laughs> down on the ground from where you're at, and you just jump down from a ledge and you're right where you started. Every single dungeon in that game does that, mm -hmm. and it's amazing. And every dungeon for the rest of time should do that. 
I wish that like Final Fantasy two dungeons, and such <laughs> like that. you know, just have it, just give me a, a door that opens to let me back in where I started. Never mm-hmm. make me backtrack in, in a, in a game. Unless, know? unless that's the point of it, like Metroid right. or something like that. Or you're, yeah, you're going to change something, you know, you're going to mm-hmm. backtrack with a new ability. You're going to backtrack with new knowledge, something, Yeah. but never just make me backtrack in the same condition I'm in. Mm-hmm. When I first did this it. is just inexcusable though <laughs> yeah this is this and, and luckily this isn't something you're going to do like every every level or anything this is as bad as it gets i think as far as backtracking it's the most egregious because you do go back through the entire level and you've like picked up every collectible so like if you're like me you had used every you, you had used every item um by that point and like even getting out of the area where you grab the artifact like jumping down i didn't have enough health to like land correctly Mm. without dying so i had to find an extra special way to jump down before you know so i could so i could live yeah (laughs) you know yeah yeah now on the way back i remember there was a guy who i missed um there's a a warehouse that just has a bonfire in the middle of it right next to some really sensitive electronic equipment but and it's really it's a really weird uh juxtaposition i'm not sure why um this was the first time i levitated someone and then floated them over a fire until they died so just speaking of cruelty for no, no good reason. <laughs> you had a barbecue. Yeah, I just roasted a guy alive for no no particularly good reason. Uh, so pretty much any time I could do that, I did. Oh, man. Um, yeah. The, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about it more when you get pyrokinesis, but the fire physics in this game are pretty fun. Yeah. Like fire will spread semi-naturally from thing to thing. So if you throw a guy who's on fire into someone else, it'll set them on fire. If you throw a guy who's on fire into a crate, it'll set the crate on fire, which can in turn you know, set a pallet on fire, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's really yeah. ahead of its time in that regard. Yeah. 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 So you, um, this, it kind of does a weird chapter break halfway through, um, you know, there's really no boss fight for this level and you, you get to a level called assembling the pieces. Yeah. Um, which, you know, you're on your way back, you go through a, a factory train yard, um, sequence that, that's you know, pretty fun. Like you do a lot of, uh, going up onto or mind controlling guys on top of towers to have them move containers and such but like all of that kind of ran together because the stockyard ran into the train yard and like this is on the other side of the one door that you couldn't get through from the assembly hall okay there we go yep. yeah no i just i just remember this being where i figured out i could tk snipers off of towers yeah yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> and it, it's super fun they, they, they introduced the the second level soldiers at this point um which are a little bit tougher uh, mostly in that they just they're t- a little bit harder to kill and if you levitate them they'll shoot you Yes. While you're levitating them. So, and, uh, but this is before they introduced the third level ones, which are significantly less fun to fight. Yeah. So these ones you can still throw around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One thing I realized at this point in the game, which I really like, is that the game does never abuses the, the unlimited soldiers mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like if you set off an alarm or you're fighting guys, everyone who comes to fight you is from another part in the level. Mm-hmm. Unless you need to mind control someone for a puzzle, right? And then there'll be you know just a door that opens that has unlimited guys. But for the most part, it's a valid tactic to go in, set off an alarm, put yourself in a defensible position, and just kill guy after guy because they're all coming. They're all guys you'd have to fight later. Uh-huh. You know. So, and I really like that. It's it's more realistic, and it's you know it, it feels like that was a, a tactic that I use when we get to the motherfuckers, <laughs> um, the the aura beast. And uh, it's also, you know, I use it a lot in these big open kind of areas with hallways is purposely set off an alarm and then just kind of set traps and, and defend myself yeah, while fighting off everybody in the level at once. It's also kind of nice because because every every soldier provides a resource for you. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, either either ammo or psi, actually, usually both ammo or psi. 
Um, the only thing that they, that you really can't readily replenish by fighting somebody is health. I mm. kind of wish that there was a way to do your mind that. drain gave you health as well. Yeah, yeah. There was like a blood yeah. drain, you know, like a san- yeah. sanguinesis or something like that. <laughs> Let me take your blood. I need to borrow it to replace my I, blood. I had that idea too. Like I, I had this weird, you know, people complain about RPG elements being put in everything, but I love that advance in video games. I wish there were <laughs> RPG elements and everything because it just feels good to advance. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was thinking, I, I had this, you know, just image of a skill tree where it's just like buy this skill and mind drain also restores health. And just like, oh, fantastic. That's exactly what I want. Yeah. When, when you say that soldiers each provide a resource, they, they are a resource in themselves as well, since you can throw them around and, yeah. and use them to, to set things off. Mm-hmm. So it's really, you know, more soldiers. It's in some ways, it's easier to fight, you know, a large group of soldiers clustered together than a smaller number that are coming from opposite, you know, two mm-hmm. people coming from opposite directions or like seven people coming from one direction. It's actually easier to just pull the, you know, the seven down. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely easier to hit five people with a with a large rock than one person with a with a large rock. Right. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, but this like the 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 assault that you make on the train yard like that's pretty cool. I think like when you like when you rip open the door. The only thing that sucks about it, and I think I forget if this is the first time where it shows up, but uh, the turrets in this game are cocksuckers. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a there's a, a a checkpoint later in the the next area that is is the worst. The worst, where you the checkpoint is right under a turret. Yep. <laughs> and I was out of ammo and had no way to kill it. You can like lock onto a turret with mind control, but you can't move or telekinesis, but you can't move it. So there's no reason to lock onto it. So I couldn't like aim it the other way, which would be awesome. That would be yeah. that would be all it would take is I can make the turret look over there for a little bit while I sneak by. Yep. But yeah, they're the worst. Turrets in this game suck. Yeah, like it only takes a couple of seconds for it to like take away your health, which we've already, we've already established as a precious, precious resource. Right, and if they had instituted that skill tree, you could have pumped up <laughs> your health or made uh, you know mind control apply to machines. Mm-hmm. Anything like I want to fucking come get on it. Like I want to uh, <laughs> get on it, modders. Game with, with yeah with uh, with RPG elements now. I want to be a blood uh, thief. God damn it. <laughs> 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 Yeah. The, the tur- you're 100 right the turrets are, are never fun to fight in this game yeah but the factory like the factory that you that you that you make your you know at- assault on a- after you get past the turret the the, the, the turrets the turret the turret yeah. the, the turret um <laughs> turrets. turrets for girls yep uh, <laughs> um <laughs> it provides i mean it's it's let's face it it's just an excuse for like you to have industrial machinery to throw people into yeah violent playground which it works, you know, like crushers for some reason that are put on walkways, you know, in blatant disregard for OSHA regulations. <laughs> yes, <I don't laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, it's just, it's a fun, you know, playground. This is still like in that peak, you know, plateau of the game, like post mind drain fighting guys who are not immune to your teleconnect powers, mm-hmm. no invisible shit. It's still, it's still great at this point. This is a yeah. really fun, fun yeah. part. leading to, to a pretty fun uh, boss fight. I like this boss fight a lot, actually. Yeah. Just for the scale of it, I think that it was really ambitious. You fight, you fight Barrett, the master of telekinesis, and uh, he, you know, he's a, a well-dressed, large black man, and uh, he stands in the middle of a field and throws things at you. Um, but his power, since he specializes in this, it is much more powerful than yours. So rather than throwing crates and, and bad guys, he throws tankers and train containers. Yeah. 
at you. And the, the first note of the fight, the very first, in the cutscene, he's throwing a tanker at you. And then when you gain control, you have a tanker flying at you. Yep. In the air. It's awesome. Like, it's a really cool, when you talk about scale, that's the exact perfect word for it. Because yeah. it's it's really neat. And, like, this is, this is, like, it's a tactic that you, like, need to apply it later. But this teaches you, when you're fighting a boss, you never stand still. No. Ever, ever, uh-huh. ever. You never do. He's actually um, not a tough boss. If you if you don't get close to him, if you just kind of run circles around him, like wide circles, and throw crates and stuff at him, you know that's all you need to do to kill him. Because he'll throw crates at you, like punctuated by the larger stuff. So he gives you ammo to throw back at him, yeah. and you can even like you like pick stuff out of the air and hit him with it. So yeah, really fun when that when that works. Yeah, which it never works with grenades, like ever. Well, um, grenades do not uh, take long to go off. They, they're very short fuse. So I've yeah. been able to pull it off a couple of times. But when we're talking about just torturing people, um, if you someone is about to throw a grenade and you TK lift them, they just drop the grenade. Oh, boy. And I enjoy just holding them there while it exploded as well. <laughs> um, so. Did you ever rip the wings off flies when you were a kid? <laughs> only only uh, the flies in the in Mario Brothers for Atari. Okay. Only, only video game flies do I. Only video game torture am I interested in. So I, I forget, is it after the TK duel or is it before when you give up the MacGuffin? I think it's before. Okay. I think uh, Sarah comes in and she's acting even, you know, worse, like a worse actress than usual. Oh, and hi, just Nick. You. Yeah. I think, she's like, oh. I think she's trying to be like seductive or something. I don't. Yeah. Psycho cat. Um, <laughs> but just, uh, it's, it's not, not, you know, it's, it's just, it's Nick's an idiot. For just, <laughs> he's like, well, okay, have the item. Um, so you, so you give up the MacGuffin and they're going to yeah. take it to the next set piece. Which I, I, I had assumed, I mean, we'll, we're talking about spoilers anyway. I had assumed that she was being mind controlled. Like I, I would have perfect. That would have been perfectly acceptable to me. Like, you know, just kind of like as a way to undermine your trust in her. And like they, they took a game full of ridiculous premises and, <laughs> and managed to like completely betray credulity yeah. by making it her yeah, evil identical twin. <laughs> This is one one plot point in this game about super psychics and, and artifacts, you know, it's like, that I find unrealistic. It's like egregious, like what? yeah, it's 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 goof troop. Like it, it's it's real, it's real, real silly. It's, goof it's her it's her evil twin. Um, yeah. Oh, fuck. It's, it's got kind of that like a little bit of that Metal Gear tone though, where it's kind of gleefully B movie. Oh yeah, you know, like it's it's definitely you know self aware and, and not humorless. If it were like a humorless game, then that would be ridiculous. Like, okay. I'm not going to go as far as say it's trying to be funny when it does that, but it just it doesn't. It's not quite that jarring. Mm-hmm. Like I, it was definitely a forehead slap moment. Yeah. When the when the twin came out, I was like, okay, okay, <laughs> psyops. Okay. <laughs> All right, but the, like this wasn't until it got like ridiculous though. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. when they when they revealed that it was a twin. So. So so after this uh this boss fight, you've given up the MacGuffin. You end up in the next chapter called Fears Don't Lie. And uh, this is like a, it's a complex that's being hidden by an illusion in, in Hong Kong, I want to say. Right? Is that where that's where it's at? Or am I just thinking about that because of human revolution? China City. Yeah, China City. Um, the, the, uh, um, so this is, this is pretty cool. It's like, a, it's finally, you know, you're not in the, 
the gray stuff that video games are made out of as far as train yards and dingy hallways and stuff. <laughs> you know, it's at least a little bit, a little bit different. So it's got this as interesting, like corporate, uh, corporate headquarters, like extravagant kind of vibe to it. Um, it's being hidden from view by kind of the, the, the big boss of this level, um, who is Wei Fu, the master of illusion. Uh, she mm -hmm. makes herself apparent to you, um, you know, uh, through like projection and stuff like that. As you, as you kind of like proceed, uh, through the level um it's pretty generic up until you hit the illusion maze like there's some fun aspects like there's like lots of like crazy sculpture um which yeah. is conveniently conveniently spherical and conveniently loose from the giant boring. spheres are so fun oh god like, i love and they it just they have a huge sense of impact like when you throw those around it feels like you're throwing around something huge like, um that is my favorite object to, to throw around those I, big spheres. I got so concerned because I was like worried that I would like wake up my downstairs neighbors because I played like most of this game really, really late on uh, on Friday and Saturday night. Um, I think at this point it was Friday night. Um, and like, like my subwoofer was just making these boom yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like it's ah. It's like the, the guy up there is just having a psyops party. <laughs> it's a psyops party. Um, the, uh, boingo, uh, boingo. Yeah, why not? Yeah, there, there you um, go. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so that's really fun. This also has that damn checkpoint thing with the turret. Yep. It's right after you're introduced to uh, Sarah too, the the girl who's around for a little bit to take the the place as your your sidekick like, information giver. Like oddly disposable. Like like you you think that she's going to either be an operative for the other side who's like teaching you how to assemble the death machine or mm -hmm. you know. But no, it's just like she, they play it so straight that it. Yeah, one one hundred percent disposable. Like I can't even remember her name. Like <laughs> there's no real reason for her to be there. Um, ridiculous, ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The uh, the kind of highlight of this level that you had mentioned is this illusionary maze, which again, you know, kind of a, a little bit out of the the Metal Gear Solid fucking with the player, not in the kind of meta contextual way the Metal Gear Solid does, but. Um, you know, you end up in this swirly kind of hazy illusionary maze that uh, a little tricky where you're running into ghosts of your former self and different bosses show up and, and everything. They do that awesome thing that fear did where it like shows people running at the ceiling at you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that looks really cool. And, <laughs> yeah. and it was pretty impressive. Um, there's not actually much that happens in here. Like the only things that really happen is like a boss will appear and then turn out to be some mooks. Yeah. Um, you can go into a thousand little rooms and they'll just be an illusionary version of yourself most of the time, mm -hmm. just staying there looking at you. That um, does not do very do anything. And everybody's like uh, alluding to these atrocities that you were party to in the past, you know, trying to make you have some kind of like breakdown. And that kind of culminates at the end, but it feels a little bit hollow. It's kind of like somebody's just trying to fuck with you, probably because like you, like I have no investment in Nick Scryer. Do <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you get it? Um, yeah, I have uh, no investment in him at in, all. In Rick and Quest. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, the, there's, I, I was never entirely clear on what these atrocities were and I kept want, you know, waiting for them to pick this plot thread back up, mm -hmm. you know, and, and do something with it, but they never really do. Are they all the people that you kill during your training missions? Oh, they, shit. That, that would be hilarious. That'd like, be great. I'd love that. Yeah. It would be really like meta and awesome. Like here are yeah. the people you keep killing every time we take you away for a tutorial, <laughs> um, you know? But yeah, it's kind of at the end of the maze, you end up in this graveyard, which is cool. Like it's a unique set piece for the game. You never end up in another another graveyard yeah. uh, fighting zombies. And the, the game, you know, as opposed to it gives you a kind of a not oblique, like a pretty direct hint where it says uh, in order to free their souls, you must free their minds. Mm -hmm. 
And you can either mind drain them or uh, blow their heads off with a shotgun. And both of which will will take care of that. Oh, I didn't know about the shotgun. I thought that it was like telling you, you know, because of how elliptical it was. Like, free their minds. You know, yeah. hope is not too draining of a chore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like the, um, the mind drain no, was the only way. The, you just have to make sure they have no heads okay. by any means necessary. Um, so, and the, the, you know, the zombie fight is okay. It's not nothing too special. Um, yeah. Afterwards, you, you find out that you've been on like a holodeck. You know, yeah. this big empty hangar that... that projected that illusion mm-hmm. to you, it seems like. Yeah. And uh, kind of make your way through the rest of the level. There's not too much to it. It's nice to have these different set pieces, but uh, mostly this kind of just culminates in the next boss fight with yeah. uh, Wei Lu. Somewhere in here, you've also picked up Pyrokinesis, which I think is probably the least inspired of the powers you can get. It just felt like a power in just a regular video game. You know, you just throw a wave of fire mm-hmm. out. There's not much to it. Yeah, I mean, there's some interesting uses for it. Like, I mean, like you said, the fire physics and things like that. I think it would have been it would have been more interesting or, or more useful if it was kind of like the taser and siphon filter, see, um, or uh, or or uh, or like if you just like whatever you pointed at would catch on fire as opposed yeah. to throwing the fireball. Was it just being a beam? Yeah, and um, like and like if you're gonna make it a beam, don't make it travel across the floor. And in a, in a third-person shooter game, which is full of waist-high walls, get stopped by anything that's, like, taller than waist-height. Like, don't, like yeah. don't make it like that. Just, like, make it fire in a straight line at whatever I point at. I also felt like they made it – they overpowered it a little bit and thus overcosted it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it pretty much instantly kills anybody except for the uh, the third-level soldiers, which we, we should also talk about, that you run into for the first time. Um, in this level. Yeah, it's after, like, the mainframe. You go and get the data for the base and find the fusion <laughs> reactor in... Burr, you have burr, to get burr. the files. Um, <laughs> just, you know, have you gotten the files? It's inside um, the computer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, uh, um, this is, like, what, what people, when someone does, like, CSI and they need a video game, like, this is what they think all video games are like. <laughs> like... <laughs> Um, have, have you ever seen the YouTube clip of uh, I think it I think it's either CSI or Law and Order? They they had this plot point where like the like the, they're trying to prosecute this hacker and they're like is he's a hacker and a video game designer and they're like well you know if 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 it's if it's hidden his computer all you have to do is beat this game that's on there and it's Prince yeah. of Persia and they and like they just, they, just, they they find the office nerd and they're like beat this game it's in the Xbox so, you know an Xbox is just a computer right well if you beat this game the the the, the secrets will be unlocked like oh okay I got this and he's playing Prince of fucking Persia. Yeah, and, and he can't do it, so then the sassy lady cop does it. I oh. have seen that. I didn't want to cut you off, though, because I wanted an excuse to put it in the show notes so more people would see it because it's incredible. <laughs> We're going to keep that in the main in the main, uh, in the, in the main episode just so people can see it because it, it really is like it's it's a disservice to the to – the, To the community. To the community, um, I To swear. our people. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's ridiculous, and that's what like all the plot in this game is. It's just that you know, we gotta got to get the files. Um, so you, after you got that file or what is the pyrokinesis? Um, so it kills anybody who's a minor character and thus they make it cost a lot of psi to use, yeah. um, which is frustrating as well. Um, it, the one thing it can't kill are these third level soldiers that kind of take the form of mini bosses in the game. And, uh, they're wearing really heavy armor. They are, uh, immune to your, your psi powers almost entirely. Yeah. Um, you can't TK them. You can't mind control them. You can TK them if you knock them down. Yeah. And you can yeah. mind control them if they're not aware of you. Yeah. But you can't um, – other than that, you can't use them. And if you use your pyrokinesis on them, they they have this like kind of kind of neat like uh, fire extinguisher system built mm-hmm. in their armor. Like they, you really get the impression that they're built to fight you. 
which I which I like. Yeah. Um, but you know the, the the most efficient way to kill them is to set them on fire, shoot them a couple times, and then set them on fire again. And uh, it's just, it's very uh, sci intensive. But otherwise, they can do they can do a lot of damage to you. Maybe this is a broader discussion, but I feel like since this is when we bring them up and this is where they kind of enter the equation, it's more of a problem in the Himalaya levels. But the fun in this game is had when you are a god and you're walking around and throwing people around and doing this and putting these people in that you know are immune to all of your best powers and immune to the things that make this game great. It just makes every encounter that should be this fun, you know, empowering puzzle, just like really, 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 uh, I don't know, tiresome. Yeah. I, I 100% drag. agree. Is that the, the game is just gleeful fun. And then they, somebody along the line is like, well, shit, this is too easy. <laughs> and just wanted to introduce things that were hard. And rather than coming up with challenges to your thinking, they just slapped a bunch of immunity onto, onto the enemies you're fighting. And uh, it was it was it was a mistake. It's a, it's Which, it's not quite as bad as the invisible shit that comes later, right? But uh, it's it was not the right direction to go in. Absolutely not. But you know what isn't immune to the fireballs, but actually is weak to it. Segways. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, the, the 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 kind of prelude to to fighting Waylu, the 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 mistress of illusion. Um, she has like these terracotta soldiers that are immune to everything you like throw at them, literally, um, until you bake them with pyrokinesis. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, that's that's, really a, cool. that's that's neat. Like, and 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 kind of strangely, uh, uh, she turns into this big Cthuloid Lovecraftian monstrosity when you fight her. <laughs> it's the second game in Watchtower Fireballs history where tiny Asian women turn into gigantic uh, eldritch monstrosities. So this is the podcast for that. If that's what you're interested in, <laughs> if, if that's your bag, baby. Yeah, we should have um, renamed the podcast. Just deal with that and just we, watch out for tiny specials. Asian ladies. Yeah, watch out for tiny Asian ladies turn into elder monstrosities, <laughs> and just do the games where that happens. Exactly. So, that is a that is a shallow, shallow well. Um. Yeah, this boss fight was a little annoying to me because I, I ran. There's no way to replenish ammo. Right. And uh, it was difficult to throw things at her, her heads. So mm -hmm. I ended up just doing pyrokinesis on her. And uh, that's very sci intensive. Yeah. And they give you a lot of resources for that, but not, uh, you know, I barely made it yeah. out, of, out of the fight with enough psi to finish it. And I was totally out of ammo and totally almost out of psi by the end. So I would have been stuck just trying to throw these tiny little crates at these really high uh, objects. Like it's harder to throw things up. You know, near the ceiling than it is on the ground. Like they, they they have a hack about it. Like, and how did this work on the PC? Where, like on on PS2 and on and on Xbox, the 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 height to which you TK something is determined by the pressure that you apply to the button. Hmm. How did that work in PC? Like, are you always like holding something at the generic height? No, you uh, you raise and lower it with the mouse wheel. Okay. So we'll. Uh, I'm going to talk about the port a little bit in our final wrap up stuff mm -hmm. because the PC is a worse way to play this game. And that's, that's maybe the, the one exception that proves that rule. But like <laughs> if you're going to play something, you should play it on PC 90% of the time. Like it's going to be a better experience mm -hmm. and at least in my opinion. Um, but it is worse in the case of this game. Yeah. And that is one of the things where there's no intuitive way to, to raise something up and it always takes a little bit of time. You can't just do it with your left. Yeah. Well, like even in the console, you know, there's a maximum height to which you can default lift something. And this is the first time where it really comes into a boss fight. Like they explain it in the, in the tutorial and it really becomes a factor in the last fight. If you, yeah. if you don't do things yep. correctly, but you have to like let something go and then hope that your cursor remains on it. So you can relift it above that level. It's just such like a kludge, like a kludgy way to do it. 
There's no reason for it, too. Like, why yeah. not just let you raise it to the ceiling? Well, yeah. at least in the, uh, well, I understand in the the PlayStation version because you can't, there's a limit to how hard you can press the button. I guess in the PC version where it's just a mouse wheel, like, I don't understand why I just didn't have total Y-axis control. Yeah. So you say so you fight her and you find out that her Cthulhu form is an illusion itself and she transforms back. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of like the Procter and Gamble headquarters. There are two towers. Um, <laughs> that's one of those things. If you look at the Cincinnati skyline there, you know, there, there, there's that one awful, awful building that looks like, uh, it has like a tiara on top of it. There's Karoo tower. And there are these two things that are like gigantic tits popping up out of the hmm. skyline. And, uh, that is the Procter and Gamble headquarters. And that's what this is like. There are two towers here, uh, connected Cincinnati. by the skyline. What's that? Yeah. I said Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, um, for, uh, that's that's apropos of nothing. I live in Cincinnati. For those of you who are just joining us, um, yes. but but, uh, but uh, the 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 second mission, the you know, the next part of this, um, takes place over in the other tower where the big titted East German redhead pyrokinesis master is uh, um, working to put the monolith together. Right. And, and kind of the main part of this level, this level is pretty short. Yeah. Um, the main centerpiece is this fusion reaction puzzle, um, fusion reactor puzzle. And this was, uh, this almost made me quit um, this <laughs> playthrough. And it relates to that point I was making before about the PC port um, is that the PC, the graphics would get so choppy and your margin for errors would, would decrease. Margins for error <laughs> would uh, decrease as you, so you're going around this ring flipping these switches and also going around this ring is this wave of energy and uh, you need to overload it. Every sw- every room you go into with a switch increases the speed and you have to make it to the next safe point or next room uh, kind of being chased by this, this wave of energy and uh, near the end, the energy wave is going very quickly and uh, it's difficult to, to make it, to make it to the next one in time. And especially, you know, I would just be off just a little bit so many times because the, it was so choppy and I couldn't, I would be, Pointing in a direction, I thought, and it was just I, my vision had not quite caught up to to the the gameplay input, and I would just get caught by this wave kind of over and over, mm-hmm. um, and I very nearly quit. So one one downfall of the PC port is the the janky uh, frame rate during during this encounter. Yeah, and even if you're playing it on like the standardized console where it's always going to kind of like run kind of okay, like the, the 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 trick to it is obscure enough that I kind of had to fack it. The, 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 there's an order that you have to hit the switches in and like it's misleading because like you know this it's the usual thing where you walk into an area and you have like premonitions of the things that you're going to be doing it shows you an order but that's not like how you actually hit the buttons mm-hmm. uh like you, as you hit these buttons the the energy wave moves you know moves faster and faster and I actually had to look up and, and walk through and find out that the last one that you hit or the next to last one that you hit you have to mind control somebody and and take them out because otherwise you're not going to run fast enough to get between the safe havens and and like that that's that's so poorly telegraphed and that's like how is i going to figure that out without you know trial and error over and over again it's a cool application of your powers oh yeah it's a neat neat puzzle you know but it's it's also like one of the only like puzzles in this game aren't very challenging you know like and this is we're kind of getting into the puzzly area of the game and they're really just kind of bash red thing against red thing usually <laughs> yeah. and bash blue thing against blue thing. Like it's, it's they're really elementary puzzles and this one is actually a little sophisticated and it, it just kind of is not in keeping with the tone leading up to this point. It's, it's not. And if it was like, if it was, if it was, if it was, if it was keeping my think meat warmed up, like, like, like I would have been perfectly ready for it, but it was so off tone and it was so like, it, it's, it's not like it didn't train me up to do that. 
right to think about it like i like by that point i've forgotten i had mind control anyway right. <laughs> you know maybe i'm just bad at games maybe i'm just bad at games no it's if it's, it's the game is not doing a good job of it yeah. um you end up in and this is also where the kind of glitches are glitches abound because you get to you know it's a pretty short level you end up at this uh, boss fight with this uh, big-titted redhead German, um, as we with, mentioned before. With no accent. No accent whatsoever, because accents go around and around in psyops. <laughs> like, there's there's no, no, uh, nobody you can tell where no one is from based on their accent, except for uh, Wei Lu. Um, but she's the master of pyrokinesis. She hasn't been introduced at this point. Never. No, like, she... like this is for some reason only the first two bosses end up, you know, being cutscenes or anything. And now it's just like, oh yeah, we have three more psychic generals. Um, one for and, every power. Uh, Yep. You, you do the fight with her, there's a, a bug that can make the game unwinnable where these coolant tanks uh, fail to load up from the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and that did not happen for me, but I, I read about it. Yeah, it happened to me. Um, <laughs> but fortunately, when I was reading the fact for the, uh, for the, for, for the fusion puzzle, it was like, hey, keep, un- keep a bunch of saves because you might need them if you, mm. you know, end up in this situation. And it happened to me, and I, only, I didn't have to replay from the beginning of the chapter. I just had to replay from like two checkpoints before that, I think. Yeah. Not too bad. Yeah. And this, this is a pretty easy boss fight. Uh, mildly fun. Not yeah. too bad. If you keep moving, you're fine. And there's like a, there's an instant kill attack that she can do, but there are shields that conveniently, conveniently pop up when she tries to activate it, you know? Yeah. So yeah, pretty, pretty easy. And, and now, however, we're entering into like the nadir of this game. <sighs> So, so this is where where everybody quits psyops. <laughs> is, is this chapter, and it's a kind of a shame because I feel like the game kind of pulls up a little bit after this. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're entering into the, the chapter called "From the Ether and Beyond." Um, another from beyond, straight out of from beyond. Oh. Yeah, from beyond is just the, that cultural touchstone. Just cannot get enough uh, enough play. A necromancer. Um, <laughs> the the uh, um, you're, you're, you're chasing the general to the Himalayas, and uh, you find another one of his uh, his his generals. Um, what is this guy's name? Yeah, Nicholas. Nicholas um, Wrightson, which puts Nicholas. two Nicks in this game. They're, yeah, which, you know, uh, you, he could have been John. Yeah, you he has could, so many names. You have infinite names. Could have been, <laughs> could, could been Ezekiel. Could have been Hezekiah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. He could have been Bryce Amish. Salad. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bryce Salad, Sack. master of, of remote viewing. Could have could have called him Sack Lunch. Yeah, sack yeah. lunch, master of remote viewing. <laughs> um, the conceit to this level is that you get um, another vision-based power, which, like, for one thing, they probably should have combined this with remote viewing. Mm-hmm. Like, and that would have been fine. You could have just switched into, um, well, I guess that's not true. They're, they're a little bit separate. But another vision-based power. <clears throat> it allows you to see, like, hidden things. And it's it's used for some puzzles, and it's kind of fun. But the main thing is that there are these things called aura beast floating around. And just, like, from beyond... They're always around us, but we can't uh, can't see them. And uh, it's awful. <laughs> it's so bad. Ah. <laughs> like, ugh. ugh, ugh. So, so like, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. You sound angrier than I do. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's forcing you to to be to be stealthy. You know. So the idea is that you switch to Aura Vision and sneak around these these monsters. And it's supposed to be very scary and tense. Um, it is ruined by the fact that the game isn't designed to sneak around anything in a hallway. Like the halls are not wide enough. The area of detection, like these things can't see you. They just notice your proximity. So you can't go behind them or beside them and kind of figuring out how close you are to something when you trigger it is, is incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, so I never quite did that. If you get close enough to them, it is not instant death, 
but these things do a lot of damage. Yeah. Like they're they're frail. Um, they're an exception to the rule where they just call on people from later in the level. Like they su- new ones get summoned in. Mm-hmm. It's not an unlimited number, but um, you know a bunch of people come in. Uh, it's you know, it's more these. than is apparent when you first yes. see them. Yeah. yeah. So you think that you know there's one guy if you tip him off you can kill him and, and it'd be fine. But he alerts you know a dozen of his friends. They don't take very much damage to kill, but if they hit you, if you're less than half health, then it's probably instant death. They like, just kind of bite onto your head and you die. Um, the, this is incredibly difficult. And the only way I got through it and saved my sanity was realizing that the stealth was not going to work. I just need to set off the first aura beast in the room, get into a corner so I can defend myself and just try to kill all the rest of them, you know, and just kind of hope and use up a lot of health items. And I've been very conservative with my health items up until this point. So if I hadn't, you know, I, who knows if I would have made it. Right. This is the one area where the machine gun is useful because the machine gun is a little less accurate but has more ammo mm-hmm. and kind of has a wider spray. So they get, the game gives you a bunch of machine guns right at the beginning of this temple. And the reason why is it's the best weapon for taking these things out. Oh, yeah. But God help you if you have to reload. <laughs> you know, like you just, you know, these things, you can TK them, but it's it's difficult to, to do anything with them once you do. Um, pyrokinesis just kind of pisses them off. Yeah. Um, you know, there's just, it's it's the worst. Yeah, it's super bad. And, like, their design is kind of cool. Like, I I like the way that they look. They're appropriately horrifying for being, you know, creatures from other worlds, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, that, like, it's kind of of out of character for the way things have been running this entire time, but oh well. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It just, it's, it sucks because like, like aura vision, that's like, it's the, it's the, uh, the, the precursor to detective mode or detective view. Right. Like, I don't know if like maybe like splinter cell was like co like co concurrent with this and like different vision modes or okay. Splinter cell preceded this by about three years. Okay. Um, Metro prime did it too, but like, it's, it's a cool, it's a cool thing. And in a third person shooter, it, it, it kind of works and like it makes the stealth viable, at least around certain people. You can tell by looking at their color, if they're onto you, like how agitated they are. Mm-hmm. And like the, the, the main villain of this area, he leaves messages for you on walls and you can see, uh, you can see footprints. Like if this had been implemented like earlier in the game, it would have been so cool. Yeah. Right. Like it would have, it would have like made a lot of the stealth elements a lot more doable. It would have made uh, some of the puzzles a little bit more, you know, you, you could find hints and it would telegraph things a little bit better, but as it stands, like it, it gives, it gives this power to you, but instead it says harbinger and it's this necessary thing to, to see all of the worst aspects of this game, yeah. which, which are the, 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 the aura beasts and eventually later the mines. It's not just the fact that, you know, the, the beasts are there. They're like, the level design is really bad for it. Like there's a part right in the beginning, you know, it's a Z shaped kind of corridor. You go forward, you go right and you go left. And at the left point at the end of that corridor, there's a place where I swear you can't, there's no safe place to wait for these things to pass. Uh-huh. Like it's going to hit you. It's going yep. to get into your field of view, no matter what you do. Um, it's really easy to be backtracking and accidentally agitate one. Um, it's awful. Like, these things suck. And they're, they're around for the next like 45 minutes or so. Like, getting rid of these things becomes kind of the focus of the game uh-huh. for a while, you know, which in a way is satisfying because you hate them, but it also means you're going to be dealing with them. And it mm-hmm. just, it's, it's really irritating and yeah, the or be suck. And like I said, this is when people quit. And it's also irritating because be, be, because this is like the, this is the one level where the fact that doors close when you get more than three feet away from them is really, really irritating. 
Mm-hmm. Because yeah. because like it seems like a viable a, a viable uh, uh, solution to a lot of your problems where you go into the next room you aggro a bunch of people and you walk and you and you run through to a room that you've cleared in order to take a defensible position and take them but when you get far enough away from a door they auto close right. so and, so and the, right and the orb just kind of pile up behind it yeah and uh, and wait for you to open the door so they can just bite your head off uh huh um, these things suck it's also and this is a goofy chapter because Nicholas. The, the guy who's the master remote villain viewing, he's got the voice of like the Riddler on the old Batman show. <laughs> yeah, he's just come out. <laughs> you know, he's he's just doing that that like uh, uh, Joker kind of cracked villain thing, and it's really it's it's really strange. Come and get me, Scryer. Yeah, exactly. And it's pretty pretty accurate. <laughs> so I need to make my statement and I need to put my foot down here. Despite his voice and despite how irritating his mannerisms are, he's actually like a really cool concept. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's 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 been uh he doesn't he doesn't move anymore. His body is wasting away in this machine <laughs> and he just projects views out and lives through other people. And yep. and through his like psychic emanations, yeah, he's per- like, he's a really cool villain, and there's actually something to him. He's not just like red woman control fire, <laughs> you know. Like he's actually got motivations and, and all this stuff yeah. more than, than other people do. Like he, he he believes he's ascended to godhood because he has transcended beyond his physical his his physical being, and he wants to harness the power of the monolith for himself. So he's kind of the he's kind of like Starscream. You know, he yeah, works, yeah, yeah, and he talks a little like Starscream. He's got that screech, <laughs> the Star Screech. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's he's definitely as far as like character wise and kind of concept the coolest boss in the game, I would say. Yeah, the coolest um, of, the, of the lieutenants. Yeah, I don't know. I I just don't have any like sigh. I don't have any spirit left in me to discuss this chapter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just you cruise through. You you have to do a lot of mumbo jumbo Star Trek tech talk. Yeah. To, to get rid of these these aura beasts. If I tune it to my psychic frequencies, they'll repel me and all that. Yeah. Oh no! They, now, now I know why I'm so like psychically exhausted by this. This is the period where th- that that this is what made me write that post about pulling fingernails through my through my cock. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's after, and this is where I think the game because you're no longer dealing with aura beasts. And anytime you're not dealing with aura beasts is at least a little bit fun. <laughs> But there is this kind of you're talking about the the long like the canyon right yeah the canyon that's the ascent of the satellite yeah and th- this is a, a pretty tricky tricky segment that yeah. apparently killed Cole tons of times <laughs> yeah he killed like, me a bunch of times too but and eventually I figured out that mind control was the key to it but the problem is negotiating your distance from the from the from the snipers to where you can mind control them and not also be seen when you do it. Yeah, that, that's really tricky. And yeah. Because if you're seen, you're, you're fucked. Yeah. In, in this section. So the uh, I feel like I just kind of lucked out through the first part where, with the guy with the, the sniper. And then there's also a guy later with a rocket launcher uh-huh. <laughs> uh, as well, which is, he's just sniping with a rocket launcher, which is also really, really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, the first part, I kind of lucked my way through. The second part with the rocket launcher was a much more uh, you know difficult for me. And that's an instant kill. Like a direct hit with a rocket launcher is a one hit kill. So yeah. And and like for for the site like for the first part it was meticulous Dark Souls style like okay and I'm gonna stand here and I'm going to fire five times in this direction then mind control this guy um, not this guy I'm going to shoot him and make sure that I snipe this guy but leave myself close enough to the ledge so that when I'm right about to run out of sight I can jump off of it and kill myself so this guy isn't a factor in the future and I can go and pick up a sniper rifle so I can shoot the other guy off the tower and then also maybe maybe hit the guy with the flamethrower it was it was like that but the second part of it was like 
okay, fuck this. I'm going to run back to the temple as fast as I can. And I just ran past as many enemies yeah. as I could. You, you can, yeah, you can just cruise back if you want. Yeah. The, like this this part is actually like I, I felt like this was, this was frustrating, but also like kind of a fun challenge once I got it. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem, I think, and I think um, the main reason why you had such a hard time um, is because of that checkpoint system. So you yeah. were probably, you know, tackling this with limited resources would be really difficult. Yeah. And because you just went through the aura beast and because I had to brute force my way through the aura beast, like no matter how smart you play them, if you're attacking them, you're going to take a lot of damage. So I did not have very much health. If I had come at this with, um, you know, a decent amount of healing items, it would not be that big a deal. Right. But the fact that I was, I was in, in a bad way really kind of, you know, made it suck. Yeah. It was, it was really just, awful i don't know i mean i i could say it's the worst but it's not the worst it's just really bad i don't know yeah like it, it, this this was this was like when i considered just watching a youtube of the rest of the game yeah i don't know if you if you had you would have also i mean you would have avoided a uh, a pretty cool boss fight yeah and, i know and he gets his comeuppance in a really kind of fun way mm-hmm um, he's a little bit like the, um, he's, he's like, uh, this, you know, decomposing body being kept alive by machines behind a row of monitors <laughs> and really in kind of a fun, fun way, he can't do very much to hurt you, but he's got those aura beasts floating around the room. So you have to be careful where you end up and you have to hit the monitors from behind. So it's really a test of your like TK accuracy mm-hmm. and which is really fun. Yeah. Um, I really like this boss fight. Actually. It was like, it, it was good once I figured out that if you stayed out of the middle of the uh, of the arena the aura beast wouldn't come after you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. once once the if you and you'd still even I'd accidentally set them off several times. But yeah. it wasn't enough to make it uh make it frustrating. It was just enough to make it challenging. Yeah. So it was a cool boss fight. Mm-hmm. And then you enter into the last uh, last level, the ultimate power with the kind of second really fucking obnoxious thing in the game. <sighs> The, the, uh, so they decided to spread with no real telegraphing of it, um, invisible <laughs> lines. Like you were, you were surprised the first time you ran into one, right? Or were you still reflexively checking or of you for, for beasts? No, no. I was surprised the first time I did it. Like I, I wasn't surprised that there existed mines. I thought that it was just, you know, I thought that they were just joking when they were doing that in the training and like, and sometimes there are, you know, invisible yeah. lines and you're just kind of like, yeah. okay, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be, you know, watching, you know, this will be like my way of, you know, like always being vigilant. But by that time I was like, okay, fuck this. The aura beasts are gone. I've attuned my psychic, my psychic frequency to the fifth house of the <laughs> fourth citadel, you know, um, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, I, I'd given up, and so I'm just walking down this hallway, and you just blow up. <laughs> I turn uh, into a fine red mist. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. These these are ridiculous. <laughs> like they're, they're, these 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 psychic mines. You know what's fucking ridiculous about it is that there are areas where there are psychic mines and there are soldiers stationed uh-huh. in the middle of them. So can you imagine like the people setting up this level? Like, okay, Scryer's coming. Put a put a mine here. A mine here. You stand here surrounded by invisible death. I'm going to put a mine behind you and a mine to your right. Only shoot him from there and don't move at all or get TK'd or you're going to blow up. You know? Like and, they're just these meticulously laid out kind of obstacle courses of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like meticulously laid out to the point where like the path through some of these is like just as tall as you are when you're crouched. Yeah. And, and again, finding that exact point of how close you can get to them is, is kind of tough. Um, what was kind of fun, though, is when I when I first realized, like, okay, like, enemy soldiers will set these things off. Also, enemy soldiers' corpses will. Mm-hmm. So they become a resource in a totally new way where you're 
teleport or uh, TKing enemy soldiers into the path you need to take in order to clear the mines. Mm-hmm. And that caused some really fun kind of uh, cost-benefit analysis situations where there'd be a couple different paths I'd want to take, and I would have three corpses, and I'd have to figure out which were the three best mines to eliminate yep. to make the path the most you know easy to traverse. And I actually really liked that. Yeah. Like once I got over the just the plain fuck you-ness of these mines, <laughs> I ended up actually kind of liking them. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it it took a little while. Like at first I was just like, oh come on. Like I'd totally forgotten about them because obviously I just remember the Aura Beast mm-hmm. from when I was younger. And then just I like, got there and I was just like, oh fuck you, son of <laughs> you know. And then eventually I kind of warmed up to them. Like and maybe it wouldn't have been as egregious if it wasn't the MC3s that you were fighting that you couldn't TK yeah. live into them. Um, yeah, and like you could, you could, you, you could knock them, you could knock them into the mines with, with the rocks and there are plenty of rocks that you can use, but like you don't have enough ammo in this area to kill them. Cause like it, it takes a full clip to kill one of these guys. Right. And you're not close enough to use the pyrokinesis, which can speed it up. Yeah. So, um, so like you have to just hope that you can bowl enough of them down to maybe grab a corpse and maybe like hope that you didn't knock it out of TK range so that when he dies or the hope they didn't fall down into the lake. Um, yeah. A whole bunch of just awful stuff like that. A lot, a lot, it becomes a lot of factors where, uh, you know, the, it's, it's based on kind of luck and everything. So it's not, it, I thought this, like this ended up becoming something fun. I think in the end, I really like this part, but it just it was it was definitely a weird challenge jump and a and a a different way to think about the game, which I don't know if they necessarily thought it would be fun to like corpse management. Corpse would be the fun management. part of this part, you know. But like that's why why I ended up finding it fun. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I just like this is this wound is still fresh for me. Like I don't have enough hindsight on it. Like I literally <laughs> just did this at like noon today. Mm. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is so the plot starts wrapping up. You go through this minefield essentially, and uh, underground cavern, and uh, the plot starts wrapping up in, in really ridiculous ways. Um, Sarah uh, shows up and confronts her twin sister. Mom um, always liked me more, bitch. Yeah, I don't bitch. know if a woman can do the the bitch punctuation. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't quite it doesn't quite work work out that well. Um, I think it happens in Total Recall. Does I think it? When, when the two uh, two ladies are fighting in that, I okay. think someone says Okay, it. what I said but, was inadvertently sexist. A woman can do anything she wants to. It is it, it, it doesn't come percent uh, less than a man. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just it just I guess because because of how ridiculous Sarah and the twin sister situation is, like I just bitch punctuation just didn't come across. Like it did, it wasn't as yeah. Well, it's probably just her, her terrible delivery. Why, yeah. did, why didn't she tell you that she had a twin sister who worked for the fucking movie? <laughs> like, and who dresses the same? Yeah, why are they just... This is like very psychologically damaging to do to twins. Like, you're not supposed to dress twins the same. <laughs> it's not. You know, it's a terrible thing to do. Like, I mean, I guess she, she's all... And she, she was supposed to have psychic powers, too, right? But she never used them or anything. Like, God, what a terrible character. Like, she's definitely the LVP of this, this game. Like, she's awful. The, the, the L- nameless girl who died before I like more. LVP? Like, what? least valuable player. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Sorry, no. No, her her, her powers is, is telepathy. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, so, yeah. This, like, that makes her, like, really valuable as an informant for you. You're right. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. She's but, the master of telepathy. I just kind of assumed you were just, you know, it could have just been a radio. She has a power <laughs> that could be replaced with a radio. <laughs> you know? They did the same thing in Metal Gear with no psychics. Like, ugh. <laughs> 
exactly. I'm going to put that sound effect in there just so every nerd listening will think that their cell phone's ringing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so, but but eventually there's that there's there, there's that showdown. Um, but you're you, you know predictably you're too late. The, the 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 big bad has gotten has gotten his way and reassembled the ancient artifact uh, that gives him the power. You're glossing over something pretty crazy. Am I? Um, which is that? Yeah, which is that for the device to use, there's uh, gravity has shifted oh, in the fuck. last hundred years due to the moon, <laughs> and that Barrett needs to use the psychic booster to move the moon <laughs> using telekinesis. That's right. I, like I was, I was, I was kind of going to say it, but I'm glad that you made a point because this the, this can't be this can't be stated enough. Yeah, I, I'm not a scientist, right? <laughs> but <laughs> I will admit this readily. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that would cause a catastrophe on a global scale. Like every would, like, man, woman, and child on Earth would be dead if you move the moon enough. Like it just goes. It doesn't. It's not subtle. <laughs> Like it moves, like, it moves inches visibly. Across your screen. And do you know what, what an inch is if, if, if that kind of distance? Like in degrees. Like in degrees. That's like crazy amounts of degrees. Totally. Like, like it's surprising, amazing that the moon didn't just crash into the earth. <laughs> like just people dying, people falling into the sky. Massive flooding. turned inside out. Like it's just, you know, if, it's, if the yeah. earth's sea levels raised by one meter, we lose like 10% of liv- livable land and 20% of the population lives by coastline. So that would fuck people up. Totally. Like if you... This was way more than moved way more than ten percent. Like <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is a goofy plot thing. Like and then, and then, so this is the you know the first like or one of the first times you're confronted like this is this game is fucking bonkers. Like you run into the, the so that happens. The general decides to kill uh uh Barrett so he doesn't have to share the power with him. What the the general is a little bit like Miss Havisham from Great Expectations, <laughs> where you have this one moment of glory and wears the same clothes from it all the time. <laughs> like him wearing that that general's outfit with all the medals is exactly the same thing as Miss Havisham wearing that like a rotting wedding dress <laughs> all the time. <laughs> That's like, true, what, isn't it? Why are you dressed like that? You know, like, why do you call yourself? That? Yeah, what are you like? It's sad, Stephen. Stephen. <laughs> You haven't washed that in ages, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> he's like a tenon bomb. Like he's just, he's just he's past his glory, and he's just wearing a, a costume. Yeah. Oh fuck! <laughs> he's he's only wearing the one shoe. Yeah. <laughs> oh all man! Because his, his adopted sister wouldn't fuck him. <laughs> he slits his wrist while needle in the hay plays and like blood covers the fucking metals on his chest god i think we've taken we've taken this goof as far as it can go now i'm sad um so, so. spin off podcast about comparing the general from psyops to wes anderson movies how specialized can we get we had the graveyard review show in the last one yeah we-, we did well no i mean uh you know nick scryer he's not the master of any of the of, of any of the you know psychic power he's mm. kind of a dilettante so in that way he's kind of like uh rushmore from Rushmore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's just joining all the clubs. He's, he's like Jimmy Rushmore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anywho, um, you have to fight the general and this, this is a pretty, uh, you know, pretty standard boss fight. Pretty standard, but like puzzle boss fight from, 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 from this era. Like you, you, you saw this in like God of War and like, like you, you I think you kind of saw the same thing too, like the end of Call of Cthulhu, where it's like you have an ancient artifact that you have to use pieces of to fight the ultimate monster kind of thing. Yeah. 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 
and it's just it's not it's not that fun. It's pretty difficult um, just because of the uh, uh, his his powers are you know you always have to keep moving. Um, and it took me a couple of tries. Like I eventually beat it, but um, pretty tricky. You 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 kind of break apart these parts of the artifacts to get these psychic fun balls <laughs> that you you throw at him. Um, and it makes him. Does it actually make him less powerful? Because anything you don't pick up, he will pick up before the fight. I think so. I didn't. I didn't notice an appreciable difference um, mm. because the, because I didn't. I didn't know how to approach it like that. Like I didn't know that those things were a thing. So the the, the first time I did, I was like, okay, the, the 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 pillars are spinning. I should probably take them out. So I you know PK'd them, and then and then and then when I went to fight the actual like main boss fight, I was like TKing. Uh, pieces of the scenery at him and like whittling away a little bit of his health. And this is the second time that I had to fack in this game to like figure mm. out exactly, exactly what it was. So I didn't notice, uh, you know, an appreciable difference in difficulty aside from the fact that I was doing it wrong first. So he yeah. may have been more powerful and I was just fucked from the beginning. The way they telegraph what you have to do with these spinning pillars is clumsy as shit. Is it like, yeah, when you're walking through the mine area, you're walking along a path and one of these pillars just springs up in front of you. And you, you <sighs> there's nothing that tells you how to kill it, but you just try all your powers. Use pyrokinesis, and it blows up. Yeah. And these are the same pillars. I forgot about that. Like I, yeah, yeah. it's just, it's really really clumsy. Like just, <laughs> oh, oh shit, we have to show them this thing before the end. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay. So we we'll show you this thing. And you're gonna like okay, I'll try and I'll try trial and error my way my way through it. And then 50 reloads later, we're going to expect you to remember that. Yeah. That exactly. one inconsequential one- detail. Right, and it, it, you know, it, and it just looks the same. It's, it just looks like a regular, just like pillar. It's not very distinctive looking, or anything like that. Like you know, stone sci-fi pillar. So yeah, that's that's obnoxious. But you know, eventually, you beat the beat the general, and you get like a really unsatisfying cliffhanger ending. Um, there's like no ending to this game. It's just like it's like just like a chapter break. Yeah, you know, pretty much. I, I mean, it it resolves the arc. You know, like you destroy the you, you destroy the monolith, so nobody no you know no, no mundanes will ever get psi powers again. Mm-hmm. Um and the general is gone, so that main antagonist. Like what I hate about it is that it's super presumptuous. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's it's like Advent, it's like Advent Rising or any game that calls itself Part One. Right, it's right. like it assumed that it was going to sell well enough to get a sequel. Like right. that, like that was built into like how satisfied you were going to be with this with this thing. So it's like impossible to look at this as a complete work. Right. And even even if it didn't have the little like literal to be continued tag, the actual ending, like so the government sends helicopters, you blow one of them up and he goes, come on. I like, re- that's not I, satisfying I have, at all. I have my memories back now. These aren't here to help. And yeah, then, and exactly. Then like it's just, you know, there's nothing to it. Then there's a lot of like, I mean, we're, we're kind of wrapping up here, you know, getting to the end. The storyline in this game is real kind of sloppy, too. When you when you have your final confrontation with Barrett. He makes these references, like he gets all Magneto and he's like, you know, the humans just use the, the psychics. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we should turn them into slaves. And you what? Like, there's no there's no background or world building in this game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where there like camps where psychics were, were told? Is there like Xavier's school for gifted psychics? And like none of this stuff, you know, is ever shown or tell. Maybe it was in a manual. Maybe, but like the the only thing that I can think of is just that like like the, all of them were former government operatives who went rogue, uh, mm-hmm. kind, you know, kind kind of like uh uh you know Fox, Fox you know, Foxhound, Fox yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so like maybe maybe that's why they were bitter was because they didn't feel like they got their due from the government and that they're yeah. just they were just used as tools in this grand cold war kind of you know kind of thing, but like that's. I don't know. It kind of seems like it gave them some purpose. I, I, I've got no idea. 
but yeah, I know, I know that's sloppy, but that, that's that's psyops, sloppy, sloppy yeah. psyops. God. So, so just kind of generalities. Like, I feel like we probably covered just about all of them. Yeah. What a you know weird game with just that one amazing thing. I, I had a thought when I was playing it. You know, so obviously the most fun in this game is manipulating things with TK, mm-hmm. uh, be it bad guys or the environment. Imagine a game based with that as the entire point, like a fifteen dollar Xbox Live game with the exact same telekinesis engine, mm-hmm. and just the game was one hundred percent designed around it. Yeah. Like all you do is throw things around. Um, you don't need any of these other powers, you know, because even some of them are kind of cool, but even the second coolest ones were distant second coolest ones. Uh-huh. And just, you know, the, the game is like a playground of fighting, you know, generic soldiers with the, the telekinesis. It would be awesome. Uh-huh. You know, it would just be this, the, the totally distilled experience. Whereas like, you know, it's, it's this weird one aspect of this game where it gets an A plus and then mm-hmm. everything else is just ranging from like, you know, C minus to, to B minus. It's like just the, the 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 returns are so diminishing. And even though you know there are later there are later fights and everything where I, I had fun, uh-huh. you know, like uh, the part right when the beginning of the the mine section, um, anytime there was a big heavy object hanging by a chain, <laughs> that was always really fun to TK around. The bell um, in the temple, yeah, 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 that was always really the bell in the temple is awesome. That's a really <laughs> great great fight. Um, you know, it was always really fun, but it was always just the the elemental building blocks. It was none of the stuff that they had kind of added on. To it, you know, it is the one game where the enemy has to watch out for your fireballs. As it's true. To it's true. You watch, watch out, out for, for watch out for pyrokinesis. Watch out for PK, which just reminds me of Earth Brown. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean, t- tell me about this port. Like, like it sounds like it was pretty bad. It's it's not it's not terrible. It's it's worse in that um, one that the TK lift was you know slower because you had to manually do it. In a way that allowed you a greater degree of control, but uh, it on the whole was worse. Um, the frame rate had some issues. The main problem with it was that anytime the camera was in like a corner, mm-hmm. um, the game would stutter and like the camera would stutter and freak out like crazy. So if if you're in a narrow passageway, like you didn't you don't you do not want to be in a narrow passageway. Like this, <laughs> Which, of this, game. Like, this game is all narrow passageways though totally like if you go to, if you're in the corner of like a narrow passageway it's going to be very difficult to see anything um it just that, that part just didn't work um you know the rest of the controls are more or less fine it was it's real janky though like the free-to-play ad supported version so i didn't see an ad it yeah. didn't show me any ads but i had to go through a lot of hoops to get it to work and every time i ran it i had to run it once go into the um task manager shut it down run it once and then run it as administrator but so it was like this combination of like keystrokes and everything to get it to work and uh that was that was really ridiculous too so it's a pretty crappy port um it's free so then it's usually more fun to play with a mouse but it just did not control as well and it was not as fun yeah it, mostly it, because of the camera yeah but. It really feels like it was designed for console. I mean, I don't have anything to say to corroborate that or back it up, but just the floatiness and kind of the slowness um, of it and just kind of like how, like the broad strokes in which you like needed to maneuver things, you know, that wasn't made for pixel perfect precision with a mouse control. There's there's credits for a porting team ah. um, on it. So it definitely was ported to PC. Yeah. Um, one of the things we didn't talk about is just kind of a final roundup um, mm-hmm. is all of the, like the extras in this game. There are a lot of every level has a little, little gnome that you can find. Yeah, like, a little, like, yeah, a little like uh, ch- a challenge level 
Mm-hmm. And then there are like there's this training room. Like there's a lot of like fun kind of extra stuff in this game if it hadn't squandered its goodwill. <laughs> but the whole thing, like I mean, maybe I'll go back and check some of those out afterwards. Um, you can also play through the game as different skins of all the different people in the game, and they actually change your power set. Really? So the second time through, you can play through as Barrett, and if you play through as Barrett, you can TK uh, third level military people, and you can TK tankers and. Uh, train containers i want to play that game <laughs> yeah it, you can you can you can do it i think that there's uh once you've beaten the game once um it, i think it unlocks the the codes the cheat codes to be able to do it mm-hmm. um if you replay as uh the pyrokinesis lady like the pyrotechnics has a way wider uh uh range and everything like they just kind of change the game in subtle ways um mm-hmm. so they they win there are a lot of kind of high production value stuff into this game which i, I appreciate while i'm not really planning to take very much advantage of yeah no, I never want to see this game again, at least not for a good long while. Um, oh, one other thing, just kind of like in general strokes, um, the lock-on feature can go straight to hell and die. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I never used it. I never used well, it. Well, you were on the PC. Um, yeah, but yeah. it was it was really frustrating at the like at the end. Like it was it was useful. It's useful when you're fighting stuff that's mainly on axis with what you're at. So like if you just want to kind of siphon filter esque, you know, just want to like shoot somebody who's like right in front of you until he dies, um, it's fine. But when you're fighting the general and he's like locked up above you and you're trying to lob the pieces of the artifact at him, you need to like I needed a Tony Hawk grip it. Where yeah. <laughs> I I wrapped my index finger around and had my my had that on the triangle button and I was firing the thing with my with my middle finger like in this crazy claw motion mm. so I could keep my reticle aimed on him so I could lock on and then fire so yeah. just 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 because like the 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 reticle always gravitates towards what's like right in front of you like just anything that's above or below you is impossible to lock on to yeah it's pretty much useless frustrating. Yeah, on on the balance, I like this game though. Like it's still like it's it's so it's so weird. It has all those negatives, but just that the pure joy and like coming across these little situations. And we we've spent a lot of time talking about it, but like it is really fun. Like it wouldn't be unfun to me right now. Like you know the same way that you last episode where you're like someone comes up with Maniac Mansions. Like hey, you want to play Maniac Mansion? And you're like, yeah, I do. <laughs> and then you play this Maniac Mansion for an hour and a half. Like. If, if there's if right now my TV in the living room was turned on and it was just that middle point of the game, like a couple of rooms from that middle point of the game, mm-hmm. like I'd go through it again and, and have a lot of fun. Like just, yeah. you know, coming up with new ways to kill these just generic soldiers. Like I think it just does that that one thing so well. Um, and it just would be an incredible game if it built up you know, the rest of the game rose that level. You know, I mean, it's it's something that like it's it's almost kind of a cliche, and I, I don't know if you're if you're aware of it, but like when Halo was first coming out, there were all these interviews that were done with the the, the designers who said that like every game is thirty seconds of fun repeated over and over again. So mm-hmm. in Halo, it's like you know you you enter a big area, you throw you throw a grenade, and you you wait for the grenade to blow up, then you run in and you fire a weapon until you're in close, and then you melee until it dies. That is a thirty second process by which you clear out a room, and then you go and you do that again and again and again. You know, say what you will about Halo, that's the process. And in this game, if they would have like kept their eye on the prize and like recognized that the you know the thirty seconds of fun was you ragdolling people into walls over and over again, or figuring out creative ways to throw them into electrified reactor water, like that would have that would have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> like what like what we like is those thirty seconds. I liked yeah. thirty seconds of the you know twelve hours that I spent with the game. Yeah, that's know. true in, in this game. Like, I guess, like, and it, it's not really on topic for the game, but I would probably take issue with that as a general statement. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't agree with that. Um, 
Because I mean, just there's just there's more to, to games than that. Like, oh there's, yeah. Like a way way more variety of everything like that. There's still still fun to me. Like there are games where I I tackle problems in different ways. Like mm-hmm. um, Bioshock is a really good example of that. Like every time you fight a uh, a big daddy, like I took it a lot of different ways, mm-hmm. um, and it's situational and everything like that. Um, I, but the uh, for this game, I think that's 100 percent true. Yeah. It's probably a design philosophy that uh, is true for like a kind of like a summer movie, big budget like competent game kind of thing. Like you can mm-hmm. make, if you follow that rule, like your game is going to be competent and fun. Yeah. You know, but if you, if you want to strive for a little bit higher than that, you have to take some more risks. And kind of the problem with this game is that everything it did outside of that 30 seconds is not, a, was not a risk. Right. You know, it was just these compromised kind of choices to shore up difficulty or to add more variety. Um, that wasn't trying to do anything other than just, you know, it just has one idea. Yeah. Any any time it's like you like when when you establish a baseline, any time you stray from it is supposed to stray upwards, you know, towards yeah, something exactly. that's a bit more adventurous. This strays downwards towards stuff that's you know less ambitious. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. And I didn't like mean that to be like just like a gen, like a general statement. Like no, what no, is no, no, no. what is what is game? But yeah. thirty <laughs> seconds of fun repeated over and over again. This is yeah, like act like like the, the 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 base gerund of an action game. Yeah. You know. No, I mean to that that's right. I'm not taking yeah. you to task for the thing that the Halo developers said, yeah. but it's good that you said that because I I did not did not know that. Yeah. Like the uh, modern first person shooter or third person action game is definitely my biggest blind spot mm-hmm. when it comes to gaming. There's not a genre other than sports that I follow less than that. <laughs> right. So um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, psyops. Like, do we have anything else? Me personally, like me personally, you know? no. <laughs> yeah. We I mean, we definitely talked a lot about it. Um, I like it. I think it's 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 worth playing at least up until Aura Beast. Yep. And uh, and they're probably you know somebody could respond if you know of a game that does that telekinetic playground thing better. Please let me know. Yeah. Because I don't do. mean to, when, when I'm saying that like I, I like I think I can't think of one that does this best. I better. I'm not uh, saying it as a figure of speech. I'm just saying yeah. I literally can't think of one. But I would love to think of one. There's that didn't have the ascendant bullshit or attendant bullshit. I, I can assure you that there's some indie dev who's already got on it. Yeah, I, I hope so. Yeah, I really hope so. So, so, um, let's do listener responses. Yeah, absolutely. So we have talked plenty of words about psyops, um, and we would like you to crawl inside or think meat and you know let us know telepathically or by email or by Facebook or by forum. Uh, what do you think of, uh, of PSYOP? So we reached out to you and uh, asked you to respond to us in various forms. And uh, we got some response on this one. Um, this uh, mixed response, actually. Um, I think everybody kind of echoes our sentiment to a certain extent. Um, so do you want to read Dennis's? Yeah, I'll read uh, Dennis. Um, our buddy Dennis wrote this in via email. And uh, well, Cole's buddy, but uh, I am a general <laughs> well-wisher of Dennis. Um, and he says... <clears throat> I almost wish they had taken guns out of PSYOPs. Wreaking havoc with TK and your other mental powers was a ton of fun, but the shooting mechanics are barely passable. Every time I had to use bullets instead of brains, the game's fun ground to a halt. The inventiveness of the mental powers and liberal use of the lock-on button kept my overall experience positive, but I would love to have seen the developers take more of a risk and completely abandon the gunplay that's holding everything else back. Ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding, ding. Very good, Dennis. Uh, 100% true. Very astute. Yeah, yeah very astute. Uh, the, the guns in this game are not, not fun. And not, no. they didn't go far enough where you can just completely abandon them either. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not optional. So. Like, if you could, like, hold artifacts that, you know, like, 
amped certain parts, like certain powers, like gave you more TK, like instead of a weapon, that would be awesome. But yeah, or just know. a skill tree. Put some experience so. points in, make it turn based, you know, yeah. give it a fantasy <laughs> setting. You're good to go. <laughs> yeah. And make it, make it about a, a boy in a small town, um, you know, a little bit like our own and uh, give it a real serious call following. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. It'd be a great psychic game. Um, so uh we put out a call on the uh on the something awful forums and there was there there was a certain amount of confusion um as we mentioned at the top over over what this game was um one person said you know i don't really know like there was another game that was like this and then um mira nauker nuker mira nuker on uh something awful came out and said uh someone got confused between this game and second sight so um i'm going to you know let, uh, get this out and he posted a pertinent quote from a, from an interview, uh, which is on the uh, Wikipedia article for Second Sight. Uh, Second Sight was released in August 2004, which is before this game, I think, or mm. right around then. Um, and its final form eschewed even Ian Livingstone's demons in favor of a unique combination of uh, stealth action and psychic powers. I assume Ian Livingstone is uh, one of the guys uh, from the uh, main game. Quote, it was unfortunately time, says one of the main developers. I mean, what are the chances of people making two asteroids hit the Earth movies in one year? Must be a million to one. But there you are. And PsyOps came out at around the same time, and uh, that blew our U.S. sales out of the water. You could do more violent things, uh, and it, like, explode people's heads. Uh, the sales were far from stellar, says Wikipedia. Uh, so that was dragged up uh, by Mira Nuker um, on SA, trying to point out the differences between the two games. And yes, PsyOps is um, unnecessarily violent, perhaps more so than Second Sight. But I, I would never, not know. Yeah, I never, I never played Second Sight. Did you? Did you? I've heard really good things about it. Like it, it's it, it does uh it it does a lot to like humanize your enemies. I think, like hmm. you, like you read emails of people you kill and things like that, which isn't exactly which is what I do every day. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I've, I've got it, but I, I've never played it. Before. Oh, you do? Well, yeah. I, I think I've, I think it was released on a Steam Steam sale. Oh yeah, of some kind. So I just never got a, got around yeah. to it. I was interested in it and I remember it coming out around the same time. The, that convergent evolution thing, the thing I always think about <laughs> is the prestige and the illusionist. Oh yeah. And, yeah. And I love the prestige. It's, it's my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. Mm -hmm. And, uh, whenever I'm recommending it to somebody, inevitably someone's like, Oh, isn't that stupid movie with Edward Norton? <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> like it's not, it's totally not the movie with Edward Norton like, and Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. <laughs> um, it's, it's not that it's, it's, it's way better than that. It's really sophisticated and great. And, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I felt like that was, that, that was relevant, you know, just because there is that confusion and that's funny that, <laughs> that the, uh, that the developer had that perspective on it. So thank you for yeah, this. That uh, I wonder how, how bitter that was. I mean, it, oh. I don't think the psyops sold that well, but to have them uh, blow the sales out of the water for second sight, second sight must've flopped mm. very badly. Um, so maybe flopped. someday we'll do a second sight episode. Maybe who knows six or seven years. Let's try it. <laughs> man. <laughs> And they're all just downloading digicreds into your your side drives. Yeah. In your brain. Crying in our yeah. carbon fiber cars. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Um, and finally, um, we have another response from the Selling Awful board from uh, Figurus McRoy. And uh, Figurus says, I barely even remember that game, despite, be despite beating it. And if I recall correctly, it really isn't fun for the full game. I seem to remember that, in spite of how promising and fun it looks on the surface, it's not much of a sandbox i.e. the training room is very limited, and the powers don't interact in interesting enough ways to make the campaign really fun. 
It's also an old third-person shooter. Say what you like about what happened to that genre, the old console third-person shooters are weird to even think about nowadays. I'm looking at a video of PsyOps right now, and after Gears of War and Resident Evil 4, I can't even imagine playing this. So, we have imagined it for you. Yep. Um, <laughs> and we went, yeah. we, we went and did that for you. Um, yeah. so, so, you're welcome. I'm just... Um, we, we, we can be... Um, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's that to it. I haven't really followed that genre. Like, I've played Resident Evil 4, but, you know, being kind of... I, I don't play the, the big AAA games. Not, not in the way, like, I don't even have a TV. Like, not in that <laughs> way. I'm just not that interested, yeah. nor do I have the time. So, I've never played a Gears of War. I haven't played a lot of those. So, I can't say that. It is definitely uh, less uh, sophisticated and successful than Resident Evil 4, but I feel like Resident Evil 4 is kind of a, a really high bar to, to set something to. Like, this, this came out roughly six months before resident evil 4 did oh really yeah i mean (laughs) resident evil 4 resident evil 4 came out in uh january february 2005 this came out in the summer of 2004 oh wow yes you're right this should be way better yeah i mean even thinking about just like how archaic a lot of this you know a lot of the stuff is like this came out a couple of months before halo 2 which was the first prominent shooter to really like to like to do the automatically regenerating health which i really think this game would have benefited from Mm. Um, you know, so just like placing it into that timeline and like, like there, there are other like games that did the third person shooter thing like better than this did even before. And I'm thinking specifically of like the progenitor of this kind of genre, uh, you know, which, which is kill switch, which came Mm. out on the PlayStation two and Xbox. I think it's on PC as well. Um, you know, in 2003 even, right. You know, you know, Mm. so like looking looking at it where it falls i mean 2004 seems like it was like really far away and like off in the mist but there was a bunch of stuff happening like this came out a couple of months before uh half-life 2 which yeah. you know if you want to look at it look at a game that did like physics and stuff like really really crazy yeah. you know that was it's one of them really interesting uh thing about it is because when you when you do uh a podcast like this where you're focused on retro games um you know we can't do we can't play games you know we try to consider and i i I think I speak for both of us. Like we want to try to consider a game in the context of its time, but also outside of it mm-hmm. um, simultaneously and kind of give a full picture. And when you're considering a game within its time, usually it's a process of forgiveness, <laughs> you know, and it's kind of, it's really interesting that you bring this up. I don't think I, I, you know, I'm chronologically minded enough to put those things together, but now that you say it, I, you know, I'll admit that um, I was definitely giving this a little bit more credit for it being dated than I should be. You know, it's interesting when you consider something within its time and it comes up really wanting, you mm-hmm. know, and, and as a, as a, you know, as people who focus on older, older media, um, you know, I think we're, I'm, I'm really used to giving something a lot of slack, mm-hmm. you know, because, oh, this is just it's an early version of it. I think in, in my mind, I was putting this, you know, around 2000, <laughs> even though I'd read the number, but I was kind of giving it those kind of contemporaries, but if this came out around the same time as like Half-Life 2 and Resident Evil 4, then there's really no excuse for the, the kind of missteps right. you know, that it had. So, mm-hmm. so we so. take back every positive thing we said about this game. <laughs> no, no. no that, that, that is not, that's not true. <laughs> right. Like I, I still, still like it. And there's also the experiential part of it where like we don't have to go into a big thing about the first time we played this since the episode's running along. But like it was definitely, you know, I played it before I played Resident Evil 4. You know, I played it. Um, I did not have a, a I'd never played the Halo games. I didn't have an Xbox and, uh, you know, so it was it was definitely new to me, you know, and it, it's not my genre. Mm-hmm. So just kind of being able to drag me in with this telekinesis thing um, made it valuable to me, even if you're a fan of the genre or if it's something you're very literate in, 
um, it's going to come up wanting on pretty much every level. Pretty much. And it's a novelty. I mean, like, can we just go ahead and like say that as like a summary judgment? Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a novelty thing. Like the actual, the mechanic that works is really fun, but I would much rather see it just highlighted in another game yeah. and not have any of this other attendant uh, baggage. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Flashback to our deliberation training. Yeah, let's do that. Oh. Now, Cole, we're going to teach you about deliberation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or DK, to be short. We've, uh, we've used our deliberation powers to kill uh, tons of people with wives and families. And uh, in, in the process of that, we have settled on uh, Fergus McRoy um, as the winner uh, for this episode. Um, there's the... Uh, it's kind of a, you know, not to overuse the word, but kind of cause an epiphany in me where it's just like, <laughs> oh, you're right. This game should have been like a thousand <laughs> times better. That stuff was coming out around the same time. So, yeah. uh, and just kind of, you know, interesting discussion resultant of. Yeah. We are all better for your response, Fergus. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, and I'm glad that we caught it. It's just under the wire as well. It came in while we were recording. The episode, <laughs> which, uh, that is not always a success story, but I'm glad it was this time. Yeah. Um, what you would win ordinarily would be a copy of the next game we're doing. However, the next game that we're doing is criminally and nonsensically unavailable on the virtual console. Um, so, we, you know, we will just get in touch with us or we'll get in touch with you and, and hook you up with a comparably priced thing. Yep. Um, but do you want to talk about the next game games that we're doing? Yeah. Cool. Um, so the next game that we're going to be doing is the delightful Bionic Commando, which uh, mm-hmm. is a Capcom game from way back in the day. Um, it gave me my abiding love for grappling hooks in all shapes and forms. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's on the NES. You can find it on Google or uh, if you want to respond to it just based on memory and talk about your uh, your loving memories of Bionic Commando. Um, uh, yeah, you can I, you can do that. It's going to be really interesting. Uh, one, because that's another game that is not... Uh, I feel like there's probably a better game built around it, but it is a game with one notable feature. Yep. <laughs> you know, again, and it's also going to be interesting to talk about it with you because I, I have played that game before, but I did not play it when I was young. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I came to that as an adult. So okay. I will not have that magic nostalgia, or, even though I do like that game a lot. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking forward to replaying it. Um, well, even if you don't have have history with Bionic Commando, this next one is just a little bit more recent, but uh, it is more readily available, which is uh, a plus because we've been kind of going after stuff that you have to obtain <laughs> illegally uh, here recently. Uh, but this one is available on GOG.com. It's no longer good old games, but it's GOG. Um, and it's Sacrifice, which is an action RTS kind of game that mm-hmm. has this uh, cool, like humorous medieval kind of take on things. It's, yeah. it's got a very interesting cosmology to yeah. it. Um, I've only, I've never gotten around to actually beating it, but it's, it has, a, has an amazing reputation. It is, uh, was really, really fun for what I played and is one of those weird kind of genres that is literally just going to be a handful of games. Yeah. You know, the same way every, you know, when we were playing Bloodlines, it's just like the, the first person RPG like that is a national treasure. <laughs> and every time like an alpha protocol or something comes out like that, I feel like we should honor it. <laughs> um, this is also just a very, very obscure genre. This uh, third-person action RTS, um, think uh, Brutal Legend, but without, hopefully, without falling apart. The same <laughs> way that Brutal Legend falls apart and gets unplayable. Um, so yeah, so I sacrifice, and then after that, we are doing uh, Sword of Mana for the Game Boy Advance. Um, it is not available for any virtual services, but it is dirt cheap. I can attest to that. So if you go to your, your local game retailer or uh, half.com or amazon.com, you can find it for, for just a few bucks. 
Yeah. Or uh, uh, just so you know, like, you know, this isn't one of those random, you know, mana games that is awful as of recent. This is a remake of uh, Final Fantasy Adventure, um, mm-hmm. which originally came out for the Game Boy Advance and is much more similar to the original uh, Legend of Mana. And it is very, very good. So do not worry that it is a non-Legend of Mana mana game. So I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to playing Sword of Mana. Like at the time when I was just a Final Fantasy super fan um, and was playing anything with the word Final Fantasy on it, no matter if it was a canon game or not, I went down the Mystic Quest road yeah. as opposed to the Adventure or Legend road, which uh, history will prove is the wrong choice. <laughs> so the, I, can, uh, I realize that now. Yeah. <laughs> um, great music in Mystic Quest, but boy, oh boy, is that, that's, a, that's a rough one. Yep. So yeah, sort of mana. And then we have a couple of games after that. We're not going to announce them yet because we just want to get the order shuffled down. But we are getting uh, for you know, ramping up to our year anniversary coming up, and we are getting out of the obscure zone a little bit and doing a couple, um, you know, well-known uh, big games that I'm really excited about. Um, one of which is you know super hugely popular, influential game that uh, that I really love. And the other one being um, another really popular, influential game that neither of us has played, and it makes no <laughs> sense that neither of us has played it. Yeah, which um, also, by merely talking about it, we will get at least half of the internet angry at us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to say, you know, take an even-handed look at something that is an internet sacred cow <laughs> and, uh, and survive the process. Um, but yeah, so, so more games are in the pipeline. Um, we're still doing, we're still pretty much in fan suggestion mode. So both of those okay. games are fan suggestions. Um, we're going to kind of do that for the next few games and uh, super excited about that. Yeah. Um, if you wanted to suggest a game or you have a comment, how would you get a hold of us? Well, um, the preferred way is to go to duckfeed.tv slash contact. There's a neat little form there that you can use. Um, but if you would like to write us from your email client of choice, you can write us at watch out for fireballs at duckfeed.tv. Um, the other way that you can do it, you can go to Facebook. We really like it there. That's been, uh, blowing up as of recent. That's facebook.com slash watch out for fireballs. Gary's a little bit more active on it than I am, but, uh, we'll offer some, uh, some comments on the games that we're playing. We'll post some news and videos and things like that, um, as they come up and we'll give tips. I think it's a, it's a, it's a relatively cool place to be, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a lot of fun there and, and people, you know, people who, who like our show tend to be, tend to be smart. Yes. I feel like and have, a uh, have good, uh, you know, I, I'm interested to hear what people have to say. Yeah. So the, uh, I'm, I'm always interested there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to help out the show, um, in addition to doing those things and just being in touch, which we love, um, you can go on iTunes and leave us a rating or review. Um, that is probably the most direct way you can help out the show. And, uh, and, and we love to see that. It's been a little while since we've seen a review. We've had a few ratings that have come in, but just take that extra little, little step. And uh, if, if you'd like, and that helps iTunes metrics, helps people learn about the show. Um, if you hate iTunes, um, which you're not unjustified in doing, uh, please just tell your friends or, or uh, you know, post on a message board or post a blog. Anything you can do to spread word about the show uh, would be great because as much as we're, we're actually recently kind of trying to do a little bit more, I would say that marketing is neither of our strengths. Right. So uh, we, would, we, would, we could use help from, from people <laughs> who, uh, from our fans and appreciate it. If you love something, set it free and re- let it wreak havoc on your friends. Um, if you love something, uh, make it free. Yes. Which is what we've done. Yep. <laughs> and this is free to download. Um, and uh, we're happy to do it. But, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, kind of like a like a like a state of the show kind of thing. You you may have noticed um before this episode came out, if you're listening to it when it came out, as opposed to in the far distant future. Hello, future. Um, <laughs> you may have noticed that a bunch of stuff just got added to the feed. Um, formerly we were um doing the extra sodes, which is the kind of like podcast runoff, as Gary so aptly put it, um, as this thing that was hidden off um in this you know kind of side area, um for people who were you know um contributing to the show in some way but that became on the kind facebook of, group or um, anything like that y- yeah yeah just like on the, and on the something awful thread but just kind of like looking at it and trying to decide where we're going to go with this from a marketing standpoint um we decided that that stuff was actually kind of like good i mean not to like make a value ju- like we'll leave that to you to decide but like we decided to roll it into the main feed so as opposed to getting like, you know, tw- twice monthly, um, I always forget if it's biweekly or semi-weekly, as opposed to getting semi-weekly injections of, 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 of us, you're going to get weekly pod, you know, podcast drops, one of which is the main episode for the show. Um, and then the off week is going to be the extra episode for that show, which is going to be kind of the off topic stuff from the, from the recording session. Right. Off topic. And then just deleted scenes, you know, yeah. every once in a while something will make it in that we just didn't have room for, um, our episodes have been running, running longer. Um, and part of that, you know, part of the reason why we feel comfortable doing that is because we can put the, the stuff that we, we still like into these kind of side episodes. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, it's a companion piece thing. You know, if you like yeah. the main episode, you'll probably like the runoff. If you like us when we're dicking around, um, <laughs> you know, and, and, and being goofballs, uh, you, you'll like that a lot as well. Um, if you just want to hear us talk about the game and, and are just interested in that, that's fine too, but they're both now available in the same place if you like both. Yeah. And, you know, if you have thoughts on that, you can use all the aforementioned channels to let us know what you think. Yeah, it's, it's new to us that we're putting that out there. So we'd be interested to hear what, what you have to say. Like, as, as I mentioned before, we're not marketing is something that we're just kind of learning as we do it. Um, so we the way that we know how to do that is to try things and see if they stick. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're hoping that this sticks. But we won't know unless you let us know. Right. Yeah. So um, I think that about draws us to a close. So, I mean, then final, final words of advice. Um, I would just say that uh, watch out uh, for pyrokinesis. Uh, I'm sorry. Well, 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 what's that mean? I don't understand Greek. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, spiritus pyrokinesis. Um, so it, it means like using your brain to shoot um, globes of flammable. God, I think there's another word for that. Oh, you mean um, watch out for fireballs. Bingo.
Yeah, ex- exactly. And the, pretty, pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah, if you look at the credits, Cole did the. Uh, it was my it was my VO debut at the age of at the age of sixteen. Yeah. Um. <laughs> that was just that was just Cole's voice at the time. His voice hadn't changed. He was just like just come in and deliver it like you're actually you know just say it how you would. Okay, I'm happy to have a job. <laughs> so are you going to send me a check, or is it going to be direct deposit? <laughs> <laughs> I can provide you with a voided check. <laughs> Holy fuck. Sorry. Oh, man, that got me. Um, <laughs> oh, 